you don't know where you're going to be on January 1st, 2023, and what matchups you'll be watching on that day, you're paying the rake. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is why I'm hot. Anita hand, hand job. Fix your sight. Jamar. <laughs> Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you <laughs> kidding me? Canaries <laughs> Tony? You can't handle the heat. See, it looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, welcome back to the show. Was the last time you were... No, you've, you've had to have been on since last summer show, right? I can't really remember. I can't really remember because all I've been thinking about for the last like three months is um, New Year's Day 2023. So um, I don't really remember a lot of the you know guest appearances that I've made. I'm really just hyper focused, married to the game, if you will. That's right. No, that's how I want to make sure because sometimes I question. You know, everyone's. Um, I'm trying to think here. Does this help if I do this? <laughs> Just grab it from my spreadsheet. <laughs> Just to make sure our ticker here. I mean, I'll have to work on the formatting here, but uh, you know, if you if you know the schedule, you get it. You get it. Oh, man. we're making a uh, shirt. We're making we're making it. We're making a shirt. It's gonna be glorious. I'm really excited why is for Jax all the next to each other twice. Is Jax playing Jax? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what happened. I just copied from my spreadsheet. Oh, it's because Houston plays KC, Tennessee, and Jacksonville, and then oh. Jacksonville's next alph alphabetically. So got it. So these are the three matchups for each team. This yeah. is the three matchups. Yes. Uh, here's your cheat sheet. Uh, no, but Eric, how have uh, how have you been, dude? It's been it's been wonderful. Um, I was I was trying to look before, but I got distracted with uh, with the basketball game. And like last year, we it, it took a long time throughout the off season to kind of like really shake things up in the whole like best ball space. Right. Like last year was like the first big year of drafting. And then like, <coughs> like one of these streams, you know, we did the wide receiver thing. And the next thing, you know, the whole draft market shifted. Now we're like barely out of May. It's June 8th. I literally had to, I had to check the date. It's June 8th. And like, we already have everybody triggered about uh, the stupid, so, so stupid week 17 thing. So I feel like we're making progress. I, I'm anxious. To <laughs> they see really next are year. triggered. Yeah. What, what happens next year? Like, what are we going to talk about in like February? Like while the Super Bowl is going, are we going to be streaming about like what, you know, our strategy is for, for next year? I don't, I don't know, but we're making progress. What I, I love about the week 17 thing is that like even people who agree with the week 17 thing are also still just triggered <laughs> by the whole conversation. <laughs> like, yes, even... of course, but please stop. <laughs> I mean, I was DMing with Eric about it too. And I was like, I, I don't know. I put out the video. Eric's been talking a lot about it at spike week. I guess I haven't like seen it. I know some of the ETR guys, uh, Jack Miller's wrote up, written up a few good pieces about it but i haven't mm -hmm. really seen it that many places other than that but everyone is mad everyone is mad about this right now their precious best ball game has been ruined by it seems like it was like, it was just your video that i mean it was a very that. good video i mean it was a great video <laughs> you've kind of there's a meta here where you <laughs> used to make fun of the group think and now when you make something serious it's immediately the group think that everyone wants to smash <laughs> It was funny this how the sausage gets made on that because I was I've been working with Michael Dubner on those videos. He's helped out 
a ton and we were trying to rack our brain for good titles for that video because everyone now does the how to win two million dollars playing best ball it's like we've all seen that a million times so it's just white noise and i had the had the epiphany too i was like week 17 is all that matters that is good clickbait and it will trigger the shit out of a lot of people and apparently it did I just realized the 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 logical end to the meta I just described is you mocking. You gotta have to have you have to have a yeah. mocking video now. Of you gotta put out a video and be like, "Quick quarantine." <laughs> <laughs> well, that just like uh, yeah, what was it in the uh, Dynasty guy video? He was giving the ship chasers the jerk off motion for their Sky More love. So yeah, I think right. I do have to do another Best Ball Bros sequel. We just have so many. I mean, Eric, think about like even the vocabulary that has change like when i made that video last year i mean so many of the things we talk about now barbell week 17 like we were this wasn't even per, part of the vernacular no it's fucking nuts dude like I, it took it took a whole year it took a whole year to like now i'm like memeing trey lance right that's it this year like before this whole week 17 thing came about all i'm doing is kind of your stupid bit videos because it's not really worthwhile to put out this serious content because you either get the people like on the show listening to it or like in your discord in my discord whatever where we can have some serious conversation about it but like on twitter and whatever we just joke around and now but the feedback loop is so fast now like last year it was like we were all willing to have real conversations about all of this i i legitimately believe that like the week 17 thing is like something we figured out like like we all knew it last year, right? We talked about it. I mean, we talked about it on this show. You talked about it on your streams. We talked about it on the stream that we did that on the the best ball mania team that did that did really you well. James Conner because he was playing our <laughs> Dallas Cowboys yeah. stack. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Half yeah. the picks we made were because of the week 17 thing. But last year, for whatever reason, it didn't stick with people. And now like that feedback loop, it was like a lot of people, I'm not calling myself smart, but a lot of smart people started to figure out like, hmm, like in your video. All the money is in week 17. Like literally all, all the money is in week 17. So I should probably try to do my best to optimize for that. That's all we've said. And I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, everybody is just like, oh, all they ever talk about is week 17. And, th and like, that's not true. But it's like the well, zero RB. It's the new zero RB. It's it's 100% the new zero RB. Like there's no middle ground to be had in this whole conversation. You're, you're like going to need 10 more years of arguing to get to the new zero RB. I hope I'm retired. <laughs> I hope I'm not doing this in 10 years. <laughs> I'm, of, I'm of two minds about this because on the one hand, uh, you know, before the draft, I was like, I should enter some puppy slows. And of course, I accidentally entered a puppy fast, which I'm in right now. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so getting sniped on AJ Green in the in the 16th round is like such a gross feeling of like, I was going to draft him and now I'm, so I can't, but I need him because I have Kyler. And I already have Kyler double stacks and I have got a Drake London bring back, but I still wanted that, that sweet, sweet triple stack. Uh, so... <laughs> From that sense, like week 16, week 17 is dumb and we should stop talking about it. But I think there's also like some meat left on the bone here with this conversation because like not only is week 17 like so much more important than advancing, but like week 16 is also way more important than advancing. And like, you know, like doing well in week 15, week 15 is also way more important than advancing. So like, I think like we're still, there's still some more triggering to come here on, uh, on kind of like how, because Right, we're taking a game, this best ball game, that's been primarily about like being able to win your 12 team, 
12 team leagues consistently, or maybe even like grinding three mans and six mans or whatever, and just like almost like a cash game strategy. And it's now transformed to this super top heavy tournament structure, which is like a completely different game to the point. Like, I think we're all still kind of realizing just how different it is from like best ball. And I do think now, uh, again, we we're obviously in such a, a bubble for the people who are still yeah. attacking it this way. But I, I don't know how you feel, Eric, but what I feel like I almost want to have an addendum or a PSA of like there is diminishing returns to reaching for these stacks. And I almost feel like it's now, okay, say there's a cohort of us who are hammering this strategy. The best at employing this are now going to be the most patient of that cohort who can sit and wait on their correlation. You're going to get more naturally unique teams because that cohort is reaching to get these stacks and is going to have similar stacks repeated over and over who can build the super teams with the correlation and be patient enough to sit on it. I feel like that is now the game for me. Pat was hundred percent auto draft. Yeah. So he had to drop off. <laughs> exactly. He's got to focus on this puppy draft, but I, I, I actually think that's the thing that gets missed the most in any like strategic conversation is that it becomes binary. It becomes, oh, all you care about is week 17. And that is absolutely not true, right? You you still have to, um, Leone replied to uh, one of the, the tweets that yeah. I had and said it really, really perfectly. It was, it was so smart. Basically calling it, as long as you're, like, so we have to put all these addendums on these things, right? But as long as you're still drafting a structurally smart team, right? You don't have six quarterbacks. You're drafting, you know, you're not reaching two, three, four rounds on players. Like as long as we put those caveats in, you get to a tier of players, right? Like you talked about in the draft we did last year. Are we going to take James Conner or are we going to take uh, whoever, right? Another run, another very similar running back in the 10th round. Well, you take that. It, it's like a tiebreaker. It's like on this team for this structure of best ball tournament now that that player makes more sense, but he doesn't always make more sense, right? Even if you have Arizona guys or Atlanta guys, or last year it was uh, Cowboys and Cardinals guys, that player doesn't always make sense, right? <clears throat> if you started a robust running back team, you don't take James Conner there. So there's a lot. It's it's like the third or fourth rung down the list when you're doing the drafts. And so I just don't ever, I don't really get why it's even like a triggering thing because it's just like a, uh, I'm, I've reached a tier, right? I've reached a tier. And now, how do I decide between guys that project the exact same, right? It's just like in DFS. I have two guys that project within 0.2 points of each other. Well, I'm going to choose the things that make the most sense on that lineup, right? I'm not just going to pick the guy that projects for 0.1 more. I'm going to pick the guy that yeah. makes the most sense on that lineup. So I don't know why this is any different. Yeah, and I... Because people I was are stupid. About <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> I mean, this is the like the, when you say it's a new zero RB, it's a new zero RB in that regard. That like everything you just said made perfect sense, but people still people don't love uncertainty, right? So like what you just described about players being in similar tiers requires us to acknowledge what we've been trying to talk about with zero RB and so many other strategies for years. That NFL seasons are chaotic and we don't know a lot. We're gonna have misses. We have to bake in some resiliency. We have to try to build an anti fragile team that can actually get better within chaos. Because there's going to be chaos. There's going to be a lot of uncertain events, but like everyone wants to predict. They want to. Pre they want to. You know, I know better. Why would you take this player over this player? This player is definitely better. I mean, everything said makes perfect actually, sense, but people. It don't actually feels. Change. It feels less like zero running back to me, and more like some like DFS GPP strategy stuff. Where like, oh yeah, yeah. 
Pete, like it yeah. feels like the thing, like, you know, I watch your shows and you're like, guys, we cannot eat the chalk D. We can't do it. And it's like every week you're like, you know, but they're like, but this week can we eat the chalk D? And you're like, still no. <laughs> like it feels more like that. We're like, people are kind of on board. They want to be on board. There's some, but like, we're all still kind of figuring out like what the optimal way to play is. So there's this ongoing conversation, but there's also like these biases that you're fighting that you want to draft a certain way. Like, even if you know you shouldn't eat the chalk D, you still kind of want to that week because it's such a good play or whatever it is. It feels more like that than zero RB where people have gone to their camps and they're, and they're sharpening their yeah. weapons. But it's similar I though. I think from the DFS perspective, sorry, Pete, I was just no, going to no, say, good. because I uh, obviously like, I came from DFS. So a lot of this is where my mind, you know, naturally gravitates to is these kinds of things. And I also think that's why like Pete came across this, why a lot of us all think the same is because we come from DFS. I, I don't really come from, I know you guys kind of do more than me. Like I don't come from traditional season. Like I haven't been grinding the main event for years and like trying to, you know, pick the, pick the best plays or whatever. Um, sorry, my computer guys, literally just like started putting something in my ears. That, that was freaking, that was were... freaking me out for a second. Those uh, high stakes strategies have been grinding the main event for years, even since before I've been doing it. Definitely care about the playoffs. Like they're look every year they were looking at weeks 14, 15, 16 back in the day. Every year, like that's one of the first things I learned from Sean was that he cared a lot about the the matchups and the. Pat, and remember when we did Fantasyland, our very first trip, yep. and we were interviewing the grinders and they were talking to us about the schedule. And I remember that was like a light bulb moment for you and me that we're like, oh, we had never even thought of looking at the week 14 through 16 yep. at the time. And just the, I was just to close out the point, the the DFS angle, it, it reminds me so much of uh, talking with Blender, right? So for like more than a year, I podcasted with Blender every week. And he, his big shtick, if you don't know, Jordan Cooper at Blender HD on, on Twitter is like, you know, he's like, play whoever you want. That's his, his thing. But it, it, what it goes back to is like, people be like, do you like this guy or this guy? And he's like, I don't fucking know. Look at the projection. You know, I, I don't care. These, they're all chess. These are chess pieces. And that's what it is in right. best ball too. It's people are, but people are not, it's not ingrained in us that they're in DFS. We kind of are now it's, it's such a mature industry in best ball. It's not people are like, no, watch the film on this guy. And you're like, I mean, yeah, you like that plays into my rankings and my projections and all of that. But but then once I reach a certain point that that player is at the same tier on, on my rankings and projects the same as everybody else, then we move on to the next, you know, the right. next lever that I pull. And 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 like but people I feel like in best ball, we haven't reached the point where that's like the market can in, in DFS, a hundred percent. That's I mean, we're way past that. We're way more advanced. Like Pete's talking to Brick and Brick is doing shit that I never even, you know, uh, can dream of uh, in his in his models and stuff. But we just haven't got there in best ball. And it's funny you say the uh, the the whole um, play whoever you want, because I was thinking about that as far as constructions, too. And I was thinking, like, draft whoever you want. Like, I truly think in the first three to four rounds, assuming you're not maybe taking, like, two QBs within the first four, you can build a logical, well-made team based on whatever you do in those first four or five rounds. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's what you do after that. It's the whole thing with hyper-fragile is always yeah. the best example. You can start three RBs. That is completely fine. It's do you take your feet off the gas and then reallocate all your capital to the other positions. And that's what I think is so fun about this. It's like, I can't, I never feel comfortable nitpicking a draft board until like round six, because it's still like, this is a choose your own adventure at the start. 
Yeah, and it's like the, the blender thing. It's you know, if you want to eat the chalk running back that week, eat the chalk running back. But then you have you, but then don't eat the chalk stack at the chalk bring back. You know, like if you're right. playing a GBP, that's not going to work out. So it's kind of like this. Like you want to start two or three running backs. Like start two or three running backs, but then don't take that fourth. <laughs> don't, don't take the fourth in round five. That's going to hurt. Uh, and and yeah. then when when all of the money is in uh, week seventeen, right? Similar to a DFS tournament, all the money is at the top. So you're, you, you are not building to min cash. Why are you having the conversation that you just mentioned, right? Dalvin Cook's out. Alexander Madison is 5K. Uh, he's going to be 80% known. I'm going to play him. I decided I'm going to play him. He projects too well or whatever. Then, right, uh, Ryan Tannehill to AJ Brown is also going to be the highest owned stack. It's like, okay, I probably can't play that. Like, and I can't, and then you, uh, the Eagles are facing whatever offense. They're going to be a 30% owned defense. You have to start making decisions because all the money is at the top. And how do I get there? It's not by playing the same guys that everybody else does. So the week 17 thing is the same thing. All the money is in week 17. So once I reach a point similar to, okay, I decided on Alexander Madison. I decided on these first six picks in my draft. Now, what do I, how do I decide that gives me the best chance to win this turn, this game that we're, we're playing this game. And like, we don't have to like, if, if you don't like the payout structure, that's fine. Like don't play, but this is the game that we're playing and it's all right. that money is there. So you should make your decisions after that fact, accordingly. What do you think about this question? Cause I don't, do you have a good example for this, Eric? Josh says, what about when the ADP is influenced by week 17 considerations already? I don't know if I can spot one that's specifically due to week 17. No, because it's, it's, Just, it's Justin not about, Ross probably is because fair. people want to stack late up round. that. Mm. The, those late round guys that are like part of those really popular game stacks. I imagine that KJ, KJ Hamler, KD, Josh KJ Hamler. Those guys are all going to be steamed up. Is he going ahead of Tim Patrick now? Because he's still no. several yeah. rounds under that. No, still Tim, well behind Tim, Tim Patrick. Patrick. Tim Patrick probably fits into that because he goes. Yeah. I mean, this is Tim Patrick we're talking higher. about, and he goes. He goes pretty high. I think Ben Jefferson like, probably goes higher than he might. Like all, all those. But those are games. Ones. Those are specific games. That doesn't. We're not talking about. Week 17 is not about spotting right now the game on New Year's Day 2023 that's going to score yeah. the most points. It's about correlating from within, right? Uh, if right. I take A.J. Brown, Pat and I talked about, Pat came on one of my shows the other uh, a week ago, and we talked about, man, actually in week 17, that, that Eagles-Saints game looks kind of gross, which sucks because we were really excited about the Eagles. But that doesn't mean don't take Eagles, but like – Chris Olave or whatever, or whoever ends up being the second running back on the Saints. You tell me who it is, right? Jameis, those guys aren't getting steamed. It's just a correlation thing. It's like, if yeah. I took this guy, when I get to this round and I'm in a structure that requires a wide receiver, I take Chris Olave in that one, or I take Jarvis Landry in that one, even though I, I don't yeah. really care about those guys. You've already I think made we're going to see. Yep. You've I made think your we're going to see at the end of the season that there's going to be some games that are way more correlated than other games which i'm not saying like sure. necessarily should be the case but like not even so i think there's two things one people are like i'm gonna stack up the bills bangles you know bills bangles chiefs broncos the la bowl there's a couple games where you're like those are enticing just out the gate people might be like i'm gonna try to stack up that game but then also if you get a chief you're like you're getting a bronco like that's one that you're not gonna not you know you're gonna make a an effort to mini correlate that one whereas if you get a panther Maybe you don't bother trying to prioritize a, a buck or whatever it is. So I think 
right? Don't you think that like just naturally? So maybe a pivot off that is like making more of an effort to prioritize mini stacks across the board rather than the ones that are going to be like super heavily correlated probably. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that's a like... bu- there's a bunch of specific questions about or games about questions about like specific game like Casey says we sure we want to put all our faith in week, Vegas week seventeen totals. I mean Eric just hit that. No, this is this is the exact <laughs> point that we aren't trying to identify which game is the best. There's one thing we can predict: we know which teams are playing, and we know that correlation is a factor. It does not matter which game. You should just be correlating the pairs. I literally have zero bias on what. I'm, I'm not going after just the teams I think are going to have a 50-plus point team total. I mean, even think to it on a week-to-week basis in DFS. The chalk players end up coming from the highest projected total games. You know, when Dallas and Arizona are playing and it's a 55-point total, that's where all the chalk concentrates. But how many times do we see a team take it down with a 48-point total game, a 46-point? Like, that's what we're doing here. We can't predict well, the Week 17 yeah, game. We just even- can predict the correlation. Even in DFS in a given week, we don't know what game's going to blow up. I mean, remember no. uh, late last year when Rex Burkhead went off and Houston LAC <laughs> won all the money? Like, I mean, Levitan won all the money playing both uh, Justin Jackson and Rex Burkhead. I mean, that was smart as hell. But even on a one-week sample, when we know what the team's pass rates are, and we know what the matchups are, we know who's injured, we know what everything's going to be, we're still not right. That's not how football works. It's like <sighs> sometimes the game just shoot out. Sometimes there's an early pick six. There's uh you know, a, a schematic thing that the team saw and they get a lot more pass heavy, whatever. Obviously, you can't predict that in June. I mean, that, that's like a, I'm I, not even drafting much, but I can hear you guys say this for five minutes and figure out what the hell you guys are saying. But it, it doesn't stick in. You got to be way more comfortable with uncertainty. I say that when you're doing zero RB drafts and everything. Like people are not comfortable with uncertainty, uh, with uncomfortability. Like stack Houston Jacksonville. I, I don't know if Bullock is uh He's is being serious, serious about I- that. He's being serious. I know okay. he's being serious. Fucking go, just go for it. Like, who, like, why can't that game shoot out? That's the, that's the bigger question. Why to that point? Well, here's a, here's a, here, here's a, here's a uh, piggybacking on that. You get to the 16th round and you went robust running back. So it's wide receiver time, right? 16, 17, 18. Theoretically, but time. these guys are sick, Eric. I'm yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. <laughs> But you, you, so you drafted. Wait, did you your, go your, robust because you're already dead, or, or you're saying you went hyper fast? Yes, bust is the key part of that phrase. But you need wide receivers, right? Your whatever your structure is, you need wide receivers in these these late rounds. That game is per is perfect, and you can plan ahead for that. You can be like, okay, I get to this spot. Guess what? John Mechie, Nico Collins, welcome to the team in the 16th round or whatever. And then Brevin Jordan, Brevin Jordan is available late. Uh, if, if you still want to ride the Visca train, he's back there. I like, I, I, I'm drafting Zay Jones, right? There's, uh, oh, fucking, fucking Dan Arnold. Do you want to get, you want to get super crazy? You want like, but there's options, right? I don't give a shit about the names. There's options for you to figure out a little backdoor. Even Marvin Jones goes really late. Marvin I, Jones I don't want to draft really Marvin late. Jones, but he goes I don't so either. late. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, it makes sense. Like those just do that. It's like, I don't. Does anyone actually? Li- I'm probably not going to watch Houston Jacksonville game, but it's like that little like when you get to that point and your team has dictated. That God, feels like it should not. be Thursday night, right? I hope Pat, not. the <laughs> fact that you don't know. Yeah, off the stream. I mean, you had one job: to memorize <laughs> the schedule. 
<laughs> you don't have to memorize the days. And it's... <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you got to know that. if that's a short week. Uh, you know, defenses might yeah, not be rested. Know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I wasn't Jay having any technical difficulties, some... so Pete booted me. It's up. Cowboys Titans on that Thursday, FYI, Pat. Okay. Oh, geez. I don't know. Even more reason that. to fade we, Derrick Henry. Do we call him uh, Jay Wiki. I don't know how to say his name, but. He said, "If there's absolutely three games that are getting steamed, if they're uh, all valued rough, equally uh, roughly right now, that means it's death plus EV to fade." Well, those, those are gonna be chalk games, but not right? fade, not fade, but not reach to build stacks from the. I, yeah. What I always like to yeah. talk about is building my teams from the back to the front. Yeah. And I think most people, especially with these games, build their teams from the front to the back, so they start in. Round one, and you're like, I got Jamar Chase, boom, yep. Bills, Bengals stack, right? I'm yep. going to take whatever. I'm going to get my Josh Allen, or I'm going to get my Joe Burrow. I'm going to get my Gabe Davis. I'm going to get Diggs, whatever. However it works out in your draft, they force it from the front. And I think you should do the opposite. Just kind of let it flow to you, right? If if you know if you take Chase and Diggs falls to you, which never happens, but if it happens, yeah, sure, of course. But you don't just like, oh, now I got to take Josh Allen. And then in the third, now I got to take T. Higgins. And now uh, I'm going to reach around for Joe Burrow. That's how you lose, even though you targeted a good game. Imagine how triggered everyone would be if we said you can't take Steph Diggs in round one because he's the Chalk Week 17 game stack. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good That's thing. That's what they would really turn that is What I was going to say is these games are getting steamed for good reason. I mean, they're, they're all good offenses. They're probably going to be good offenses in Week 17. There's not like a, a legit reason for us to be fading them this far in advance either. But I really like the way Eric just put that because my answer to that question, and I, I would be less knowledgeable than any of you, but it would be that you have 18 roster spots, 20 roster spots, whatever they are in these yeah. drafts these days. Um, in in uh, DFS, like I, the question is sort of assuming sort of like in DFS, what game do we fade because it's the chalky game? It, you can stack like four games in, yeah. in, a, yep. in a best ball draft is my point. So you can have this and Houston-Jacksonville. You know, you probably still want exposure to those three games in some form. But like you said, Eric, you're not – you don't need to necessarily – like go straight for a full game stack from round two, three, four. You can take Chase. You can wind up taking Gabe Davis, and that's your little mini correlation. You hope that when that game shoots yep. out a little bit, those guys both have multiple touchdown games. They're the big parts of that game. But it's not like a the huge big you know winner. You have multiple other plays. You have Houston Jackson. Right. You have other stuff going on. Right. You took you Tyler have- and Hollywood on that team too, and that, with a Drake London bring back or whatever as your as your quote unquote main main it's like in a dfs like in dfs we use second i call you know i call them secondary correlations i'm doing that across all my best ball teams that's actually probably what takes more of my brain energy in a in a in a draft is like i took deandre swift okay i I got the i either put them in the queue right or in the back of my head i got the bears there i don't need to stack them just because i took deandre swift but i'm just thinking about when a tier comes Okay, this tier is Darnell Mooney, Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman. On this team, I'm going to take Darnell Mooney, right? Because I took DeAndre Swift in the in the second round. If I took if I took Nick Chubb in the second round, and we get to a certain point, I'm going to think about Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson or whatever. It's just figuring out those little nuances. That's and probably like, where the EV is. Is a bunch of fucking mini correlations. And I fucking hope so. Because people are chasing. But but I do think like it probably is because if, if you think about like okay, let's say that Bills Bengals game blows up and you need Chase, like you just have to have Chase in week seventeen. Totally plausible. Like if you don't have Chase, you're not winning it. Period. 
Yeah. But then Gabe Davis also scores a touchdown. He has a good game. Most teams bubbling up also have Gabe Davis attached. But you could potentially have DeAndre Swift, who let's say he's a really popular hero running back. Yeah. Uh, Connor just got a really good article on Rotovis about how that particular structure suffers from, you know, potentially chalky running backs making it because of like you you have a hero running back build. That there's going to be a lot of similar heroes that, that, you know, happen to have the right weeks in the playoffs that get you to week 17. So you've got a kind of chalky running back potentially in DeAndre Swift. You've got this chalky game stack that goes off, but then you've got Mooney. And if Mooney beats Gabe Davis, you, that could be it. So it's like those little yep. minis, I think not only. Oh, we just lost Pat's audio. I was wondering if that was <laughs> this is middle of a great point. Pat, you still you lost your audio. This is your well, best. One thing I'll say about best Pat's... comments, Pat, of the whole show. <laughs> to, extend, to extend Pat's thought. In you just where hit a home run and didn't step on third. <laughs> to where this can be exploitable is like people who, and I, I, I'm guilty of this myself. Like, oh, when I'm trying to get a cheap Tennessee bring back. Um, on Dallas, I, I find myself going for Hassan Haskins, the mystery box rookie. Today, right. I ended up taking John Trell Hilliard. You know, I never take him, but it was just this idea of like, if 90% of our stacking cohort is going to be taking the same player in these pockets because of correlation, it's like, how can we get unique there? Because what is the honest difference in probability of Hilliard hitting versus Haskins, right? It's probably like a 50-50, honestly, of who, who could be the backup if someone got hurt. And yet we're drafting it as if it's 90% Haskins and 10% Hilliard. Yeah. Can we talk about how you guys correlated your backlights to the to the yeah, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize this. this. <laughs> it matches my shirt. You see, you see the Razor Ramon um yeah. shirt. I literally correlated mine to uh to my to my t-shirt. So not to Pete, that was it's, not intentional. I mean, we're getting a little bit over the over the correlation, jumping the shot. That was intentional. No, Hayden's hey, hey, our other uh, fellow uh, glow bro. Um, ben, one thing I was just thinking about, going back to the zero RB analogy with all of this, I do think there is a, a, a firm tie-in with it that goes back to like humility-based drafting, mm -hmm. which I one thing I one thing I love about correlating with week 17 is it leads me to natural diversification instead of being every time on the clock being like, oh, I'm taking Visca, I'm taking Sky War, my favorite guy, my favorite guy. It's like, no, I don't think I'm better than the market at picking players at ADP. So I'll let the little correlation boost break those ties for me. Whereas if you're saying, no, I'm better than the market. I know better. I'm going to identify the league winner at every single pick. That's a non-humility based approach. And so I think understanding my only edge here is knowing that correlation matters. Not only do you get natural diversification, but it's a humility based way to draft knowing we don't know, but how can we benefit? I, I would add to that. That's an extreme way of, of approaching it. Cause you're saying your only edge is correlation. I think you can still have player targets and opinions and still do everything that you guys oh, are yeah. talking about. For oh, sure. Yeah. Those come, those, say, those come, those come first in the hierarchy to be clear. If there, if, if you are drafting a player, uh, you get to the 12th round and there's a guy you have one or, or two tiers above that's available, right? It, it's just like in DFS, you talked about, uh earlier pete i think you said you know mentioned the like projection boost that's what correlation is so if you were making a dfs team and you got to two similarly projected players and one correlated with your lineup and one did not there would be a projection boost built into your projections so that that the the player that correlated would project higher on that lineup right because they they, they there's a correlation boost you should do the same thing in best ball but that doesn't mean that the correlation outweighs the projection 
on the other guy either, right? If there's a guy who you have in tier two at wide receiver and we're on to tier four, that guy could correlate, but he could still be a worse pick. So right? And so that's kind Rams, of the player thing. When you're stacking Rams chargers, you still don't take Van Jefferson because no matter how much you boost him, he's <laughs> projection for negative points. His, his projection is still negative, so you can't <laughs> That's why that that is how Ben ended up with 90% two two at well this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like two two. Um, uh, I, I do because this brings up kind of a, a point of uh, the diversification thing and like one thing I've been thinking through because I'm kind of like team I don't care I'm, I'm totally fine drafting my guys um, you know I try to give them an AP value try to do all the mini correlations and all that but like being overweight doesn't bother me so much but if you're gonna go overweight right you risk having a bad year because you like it's like I'm if I if I'm right I'll have a great year if I'm wrong could have a bad year one thing that makes me nervous about not diversifying as much as some others is that like this slate is a year away from another slate. And it does feel like we've kind of leveled up the conversation in a pretty meaningful way from just last year. So like, like between week 15 and week 16 DFS slates, there's not like a massive upgrade in the understanding of how to play GPPs from the field, but there might be another sizable gain in the strategy the tactics that everyone's using in drafting these tournament best ball teams from 2022 to 2023 like i could see potentially like popular sites having like tournament best ball rankings compared to like or like you know tournament best ball tools i mean you guys are rolling out a bunch of tools at spike week like all that stuff making people like way sharper at drafting these teams they already are i feel like they're gonna be even more next year so like i don't I don't know. How do, do you like think through that? Like part of me doesn't want to like make as many player specific stands this year, because if I do happen to be wrong, now I'm entering a room next year that's filled with like way more sharps. I got, I got, I got two, two um, replies. One is people are stubborn and stupid. That's <laughs> like the number one rule to life. And that's the number one rule I've been working in DFS and, as a tout or whatever, I'm not the world's best DFS player. I've been able to have some success. I mostly just listen to other smart people, right? Pete talks to Brick. I listen to Brian. I listen to, to Blender. I listen to uh, Ship My Money, Adam Share. I listen to the people in my little bubble that are smarter than me and better than me at this. And and then like I have my own uh, my own takes on different things. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't. Brian Hooper is one of the best DFS players on the planet. He literally does a show where he talks a lot about his process. People don't give a shit. People are going to do yeah, what they're going to do. let's get those numbers up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called, though. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, but people do not care. You could you could lay out exact and and uh maybe people like Lee, like right liam's getting into the content space maybe he does maybe he is just better at this than all of us he's laying out how it's to doubtful do he doesn't even know how to create a youtube channel it's fucking painful <laughs> and he's in the thread game now he I can't. he's getting he muted he's, get, I, he's getting muted i think it's getting bad um <laughs> But like you could lay out exactly. I, I literally built tools on Roto-Grinders. Like Slate IQ was the main one. That was my baby. It was like the first one that like looked at all historical slates exactly to this, ran simulations of, of slates that told you, uh, to your point on like uh, the defense captain thing, we were like, you can't play this defense. You, you can't play this. Uh, 
I'm thinking of showdown, but like you can't play this captain in showdown. You just, it, you can't do it. You're it's a massively minus EV thing to do. And people would be like, Nope, I know better. I don't care. And that, that would still be the highest owned captain right now. We've evolved a little bit in the DFS space, but I think we're so far away from, from that in best ball. And then the only other thing I was going to say is to Pete's point earlier, this kind of thing is exactly how you, don't have huge stands on players. I actually am more pro stands on individual players, probably than like some of our, the people that we talk to frequently, but this is how I, how it doesn't happen because yeah. right. I, I have my, you know, I am like fading Derek Henry or whatever. So I get a little overexposed to Justin Jefferson, but like there's 12 Packers for me to take. Like I, I'm not getting overexposed to any of those guys. Cause I'm just kind of letting the draft come to me. I think this is actually an awesome way to diversify your portfolio without even, you're not even trying to diversify it. It just happens naturally. Yeah. And there is too. I, I also think it just, you know, how we all like to approach fantasy is like, these are puzzles, right? And we're trying to solve new puzzles and it's like trying to figure out a new game type. And there is just a group of people, a large group of people that just want to select guys they like, their favorite players on the teams they like, build however they want, and have a chance to win some money. And so th- there's probably just this natural resistance in the same way we're like, oh man, I don't want to go up against Brick and DFS and these guys running Sims. Yeah, we're right. like the middle spot between just gut and Sims, where it's like, we know how to play the game, we just don't have big enough brains or the tools to actually execute what we know we need to do, but we understand we need to do it. And so I understand other people are just like, fuck this. Just let me draft a team. The chat yeah. is, is crushing right now. They said uh, so many people just think they can hit the perfect draft. I, IKB, I know better. Zero RB doesn't work. I tried it one time and it didn't work. <laughs> well, I mean, just play the best plays, guys. Didn't you realize yeah. that? Like, just draft all the good players that do good. If you go back and look, all of the good players have the highest win rates. That's how you win at best. Yeah. Draft all of the yeah. good players, correlate the 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 twenty plus percent win rates. Then you're gonna win. I take an attack on this question. Say you're Pete, you do thirty drafts and draw twenty eight one hundred ones to the other two. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is an hypothetical. Uh, yeah, it's been tough out there, guys, having to naturally force myself. Geez. And cup and, and diversify. Get the was you, killing me. Posting my 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 whole brand, like all of my live stream drafts. I get one hundred one or one hundred two. I keep doing hyper fragile builds. I have like four percent zero RB builds on stream because everyone in the chat jumps in with me and takes all the receivers, and right. so the brand is just an absolute shambles right now. Have you taken? Uh... Eddie Lacy 2.0 101 yet? <laughs> Najee Harris? Is that, you... is, that Najee or, is that Najee or Fournette? They're both Fournette. fat as hell. See, I he don't think it's going to be... drafts only running backs and fades the shit out of Sky Moore. <laughs> it's not going to be... It wouldn't be smart to take Najee at 101 because it won't be a unique combo when he's going uh, at, at the uh, 2 3 turn. <laughs> yeah, later in the summer. Yeah, I mean, literally, the fucking Steelers are like, we're reducing his workload. That came out today. <laughs> Um, all right, should we put some of these ideas on their feet and uh, hop in a puppy draft? I can see the chat's getting restless. <coughs> all right. Good luck if you're trying to get in this draft. Looks like... Uh, oh, geez. Oof. <laughs> uh, of course, Spag's in the here. Goodness. We got Nick, FF oh, Links. We got the 110. 
one ten is fun. There's not there's not ship chasers in here really. It's not a friends and family. I think draft. we might have been the uh, the last one to register. That's Ooh. beautiful. We might actually get a take some receivers. <laughs> so was Spags was Spags just spamming the puppy? He's in <laughs> every one of the next like twelve puppies. <laughs> yeah. Spags is he he's like made it his life mission to max this puppy. And I just can't wait until they drop another one in about a week and he just realizes that this isn't sustainable. <laughs> He's going to burn out. He's going to burn out hard. Um, We will talk shit about whoever, if you're willing to send us $20 not to talk shit about them. I'm ha- happy uh, <laughs> to go down this road. Who else do you like? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, Tony, that's Tony who won the DK Millie last year. Do we got any Fournette fans in here to send us 20 bucks to stop the stop <laughs> He's the other yeah. tub out right now. Hmm. He actually looks fat, though. Najee yeah. looks, like, not, Naji looks like Najee. Lenny looks <laughs> Lenny robust. Lenny is fat. Like he, he, uh, <laughs> he said, like, sometimes it's hard to keep my, like, off-season weight where I want it. Like, he, yeah, like, that, which that's is... what I want to draft in the second round. The dude was like, saying... I mean, I get that. It's I, I put on winter weight, too, but, you know. You're not a fucking NFL football player. (laughs) Was Hope saying that Spags isn't the other one, too? He's multi. Yeah, Hope (laughs) said he's like Spags is multi table. That's beautiful. All right. The 110 here. What are we thinking? This is this is definitely one of the weirder spots, I think, even outside of ship chasing drafts this year. Like that one nine one ten feels pretty weird to me. Mm-hmm. This is where I just drafted from uh, in that puppy I accidentally registered for. <laughs> <laughs> the Who'd big dog take? fifth. I took. Uh, I think I took Dalvin Cook, and then I Jesus. got Debo on the wrap. I haven't taken right. Dalvin yet. I haven't taken Dalvin yet. So uh, only later we'll Dalvin, have to have which, a, which made me what a fucking surprise. Yeah, we did that bit. literally last week with Leone. So no uh, Dalvin. So this I, is I, the spot. I, I'm adamant about either Devontae or Kelsey here. Either either I like, or. I like Devontae. I've been doing Devontae just because I like those other elite tight end prices so much that yeah, I've been passing exactly. on it yeah. more. It's That's a, exactly where I'm at, Pete. To lean into the bit, though, what I will say is, Kelsey, getting the elite tight end. Kelsey, you get the elite tight end. Like, everybody has the same concerns about his age and stuff, but, like, Tyreek is gone. This dude could, like, set the roof on fire at at tight end. Um, So I'm actually trying to get overweight on, on him. Real quick, covers. I mean, this this Debo Adams start is is so chalk, but I, I still love it so much. Uh, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Yes, I mean, this is one of those classic examples of you're literally taking the highest available wide receiver based on ADP. It just so happens they're playing Week 17, baby. There's no <laughs> other pick that is even in the, a tier with Debo, in my opinion. None of the other receivers. Agreed. I think are I would not take any of these running backs in that tier. I would not put Mark Andrews. In I, I take Swift some. Like yeah, I'm if not saying he's not Devontae. draftable. I'm saying like in, I don't know. I think Debo should be above that. <clears throat> He'd be probably the next player I would take too. Pat, that's my point. Have you seen the Trey Lance uh, hype from camp? It's nonstop, yeah, that, man. Yeah, 
instead of what he's taking strides as a player and a. And I a hope person. you got. I hope. I hope you've been smashing him in drafts because uh, he is. He is. But uh, it's it, the steam is. He's get he's gonna settle by Hertz if Jimmy G gets traded for sure. A hundred percent. I think it'll go. So yeah. can we yeah, try out that the mini correlation is the EV move? And I mean, I don't know that you want to necessarily not correlate this game anymore, but don't you think everyone who has this start has made sure to get more correlations yes. in this game? So now we go to other games and we just have these two for this game. This is you keep you keep building your I team. Mean, if, we, if we have a chance to take and, plants, we just take them. Let, well, of course, <laughs> that's different. But he's like an eighth or ninth round pick. But yeah, you, yeah. you, you keep building your team, right? So whoever comes well, around I, here, I, I'm, what I'm, I'm suggesting is intentionally swerving away from Lance and building a different, a different play now, and only having the Adams Debo mini. As yeah, this, I'm totally, you, I'm totally still open. I'm open to that. I, I guess I'm. We don't have to force Lance, but I mean, if Lance, you know. Well, if Lance, but if Lance is, is intentionally new, not at, correlating at, the new correlation play, <laughs> see this is this is uh, super okay. super quick. This is a real thing uh, that in our bubble. So like we have a yeah. Spike Week Discord, right? Uh, Pete has a Discord. This, these are all the the biggest grinders that exist in this entire space, right? The the two percenters or whatever. Like that. This is not a thing that the normal person thinks about. How many people in this draft are thinking about like, ooh, I got two guys that correlate in week 17. They don't even know the fucking week 17 schedule. We have a ticker for it on this, on this stream. <laughs> like the, like people don't even think I that don't know deep. They, yeah, drafted, exactly. Yeah. Don't even think that deeply. So we're just in this bubble where we're like, I don't want to overthink it. I, I'm yeah. to the point. You don't, I don't want, I'm not reaching on Lance or whatever, or car or whatever, but you don't need to like totally over like we're not to the DFS meta yet where it's like, they know he's chalk and I know he's chalk. So is he not going to be chalk like that? That doesn't exist yet in best ball. In my opinion, I think you're right. And 99.9% of teams will not make week 17. So I do think like, if if you don't feel like we're in that environment, you should like, you break ties towards not being in that environment just because like (laughs) you're, this team isn't going to be in that final anyway. Like the, the vast, yeah. vast majority of the time, this team's like not even in it. So it's more like you're going to maybe bubble up one and then you want that team structured really, really well. Let's see this, this board. Yeah. This is like a, this is a fairly normal draft. This, this isn't a, a wacko piss and yellow draft. So if what anything, are we What are we looking at? I, I have a take. I don't know if Ben's going to agree with it, but we'll see what to see. Well, that was it. Hollywood is my guy right there, actually, over over even over DJ Moore, but I'm cool with the rest of these guys. I like, like the I like Waddle or Moore a lot. Do you guys, Gretchen? I, I like Waddle taking, or Moore a lot. I'd be taking fine taking Waddle over Moore. I, I mean, I think Waddle's getting overly disrespected. Yeah, I'm into that. <clears throat> okay. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I got I got Waddle in a draft the other day. I mean, right around here, I think I got him at four one because it was I had the three four turn, which man, it seems like a little too much of a discount on him. In the draft I just did, I got Waller in the same spot, and I actually got Marquise Brown on the wrap, and I I do like that Marquise Brown call because that then sets you up to go get Kyler, so that that yep. team ended up being a Kyler Lance team because I got Debo. It's actually kind of similar to this team. Uh, yeah, so. I, I like Marquise. I mean, I'm breaking ties, some ties to, to Marquise because then I'm like, 
I want to get. Oh, Kat we're on the clock. We're on. The- I mean, what? It's it's Deontay or Judy it's, here, right? Either one. Either one's fine. Or, I mean, we could go Kittle as well. I know it's a bit of a reach, but Waller's up. I prefer. I prefer to push it. Push it. Let All Debo. Right. Let let Debo. Yeah. So that's something about- Deontay's yeah, yeah, totally yeah. fine. I, I was just gonna say Deontay's I do a really like- good fourth round pick. The, I yeah, do like, yeah. isn't it crazy right isn't it yeah. crazy that he's a fourth round pick um I, I don't have a ton i was just looking at nine percent Deontay, but um it's just great he's falling so like he's the perfect guy where people get really caught up in like early draft season and like i wasn't really drafting him he was like kind of like closer to like the early third ish type you mm-hmm. know like three like early to mid third now i mean shit i mean the, the 403 and like if we wouldn't have taken him we don't even know he would have guaranteed to go in the next couple like he's gonna be a mid fourth round pick soon so he's just the perfect guy um i think to kind of start to scoop up but i was just gonna say i kyler falls can can anyone under like understand why kyler's falling is it just the hopkins thing but like i'm trying to get hollywood dude hollywood here with with kyler in the fifth sixth is like gold to me i think it's because kyler didn't have a very strong uh post-injury part of his season last year you know, but he, he was he, amazing. He didn't look, he didn't look right. He was amazing. He was the MVP. Yeah. He was like the MVP. Yeah. Like, yeah. like literally the front runner MVP. And then we he got finally saw him. what his ceiling could be. Like, that, that makes so me hot. want to bet on him more the next year. Like, okay, he was hurt when he was playing bad. All right. I'll write that off a little bit, you know? Yeah. And they add Marquise Brown, who is yeah. a good, good downfield receiver, which is what they need. It's the and perfect they play fit. Together in college. Yeah. It's the perfect fit. The, the chat's a little bit – we got a sad comment. DJ clear number one. Oh, Look, no. we, we could have taken DJ Moore there. It would have been an easy pick. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm going, I, I said I was fine with Waddle over DJ it's Moore. Fine. I want that on the record. I was fine with it. I, I also I take, been I want to be clear. I take, I, I take DJ Moore over Jalen Waddle there. Yeah, but I think they're like the same. definitely do that. They're like, the, they're like so similar to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of mix it. I'll take Waddle. I don't mind taking Waddle over more. I also think – I'm sure you guys have um, better reasons for taking more over Waddle, but just in general, I, I, this arbitrary who's the wide receiver one, because I've gotten that when I take T. Higgins in the second. Why are you taking the Bengals' number two wide receiver? It's I mean, we can get back to the piece of the pie and how big the pie conversation is, but we just – we have to be done with what those meaningless designations mean. It's also, like – It's so dumb. It's so by dumb. what – by what margin? Like T. Higgins was like he had a higher target rate than Jamar Chase last year. Chase ran more routes, but like Chase scored more very, touchdowns. Right. It was very thin margins about who like the, the number one versus the number two. They're they're one A, one B. That's a great and, point. There's a few different good ones, but another big one is Jalen Waddle is a second like the second year type of receiver you want to target, and there's contingent value in that as well. Where if Tyree Kill misses time. Jalen Waddle immediately looks like an absolute star. I mean, he was amazing last year when he was yeah. their main guy. There are, again, we're not trying to predict too much. There are a lot of scenarios where in week 17, uh, I mean, uh, any scenario where Tyreek's not on the field, obviously, but Jalen Waddle is a number one and, and is looking like an absolute star. Yep. But Pat, you said earlier in the offseason, he could even out target him this year, right? Like it wouldn't be that surprising. No. What if Tyreek opens up the offense? And yeah. Jalen Waddle is still just Jalen Waddle of last year, but now instead of Mac Hollins running routes on the outside, <laughs> it's Ty- it's Tyree Kill. Right. Let's see here. 
There's also the other thing where, like, if you look at wide receiver scoring, like, think about the the, uh, the FFPC playoff tournament that we were doing. Like, that was so tilting because we made a big stand on T. Higgins, and then T. Higgins had this incredible super stu- Super Bowl. But like, he had had such a bad stretch before that that our T. Higgins teams were already dead. Yeah, and they were got and like our shares were all kind of in the wrong, you know, teams and all that. But like, you you needed T. Higgins. Like T. Higgins ultimately was he had such a big week. Like that could easily be week seventeen. It could be week sixteen. You know, like, what if T. Higgins yep. has 50 points in week 16? Like, All right, guys. When the positional needs in the correlation line up, can you pass this test here? I don't I don't know the schedule. <laughs> Dobbins. Uh, I hope it's Dobbins. Baltimore versus Pittsburgh, yeah, no, week Dobbins. 17. Yes. I mean, Dobbins. I love Brees Hall, too. If anyone wants to take Brees Hall, I'll smash him for the Dobbins. millionth I mean, time. Dobbins. Dobbins is a better pick than Brees Hall. They're both me. good picks. They're they're, they're equally both good very picks, good yeah. picks. It's the same tier, like Eric was saying earlier. Yeah. And, yep. and the correlation is yeah, it's the same tier. This is we had to I get mean, the that just set up nice. Team. That is nice, isn't it? See, see, this is why the week seventeen correlation thing matters. It's like it just falls to you. If if we we didn't take J.K. Dobbins at the three four turn, we took him at ADP. All right, this is a little bit more of a Oof. choose your own adventure here. Tough, what are you guys yeah. feeling? Hurts. Elijah Moore. I Elijah know. Moore, I think. Elijah Moore works for me. Elijah Moore you could also do Amon Ra and try to get Fields later. Yeah, that's true. I don't mind Amon Ra. It's it's definitely Elijah Moore or Amon Ra for me. Um, let's go Elijah. Yeah, let's go Elijah. I'm kind of like excited Elijah about Moore. Elijah Moore. I'm kind of excited about Elijah Moore. I, I kind of think the we just did the Jalen Waddle Tyree Kill thing, and like I'm not calling Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, but like if Elijah Moore is as good as he showed last year, I understand the Zach Wilson concerns. He was awesome. Elijah Moore was yeah. awesome last year. If he just is that good, and the offense now has Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. And actual tight ends that can that can do something in the passing game, like it's just now can Zach Wilson be competent? And that's like he doesn't have to be awesome; he just needs to be competent. The thing I worry about with with Elijah Moore, um, and like one of the reasons I like wide receivers so much is that I don't need to worry about the coaches. Like the coaches can't really screw this up for me as long as I'm drafting really good wide receivers, but they can screw up this one. Because Corey Davis is like, are they going to play Corey Davis over him in some two wide receiver sets? Are they going to uh, mix yeah. in Braxton Berrios a little bit? Like the rat, it's it's like one of those situations where the like, CD Lamb, the CD Lamb, right? The CD Lamb, CD. exactly. What's happened to CD? It's exactly the CD Lamb, where it's like, dude, just put him on the field. Why isn't he? He's running seventy three percent of the routes. Like, yeah. fucking he's your kidding? best. He's your best player, and he's yeah. he's, he's not even running eighty percent of routes. Yeah, it's. And you'll see that, like, that's not, so that, that's what worries me. And I think the Garrett Wilson pick indicates, you know, maybe they do see him as more of a slot, which was one of the concerns coming in last year. He didn't look like that. He looked like he was a a real, you know, can do everything type of wide receiver, but it would not be, it would be like the millionth example of coaches being shown something that counters what they may have thought originally, and then going with what they thought originally instead. But that, 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 that scenario is uh, one where Garrett Wilson is is an absolute smash at his ADP. I think there is yep. an element here where, like, Elijah's being bought into a lot heavier by the market for a reason. He's showed he was good last year. Garrett Wilson could also just be bad, right? 
Yeah, I'm making an assumption that Garrett Wilson is playing in two wide receiver sets, which could be yeah. completely wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. That's true. I mean, with the with the draft capital, it's a it's the right assumption, but but it could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. you never know. I mean, at the end of the day, we the draft capital is very clearly a a, a predictor, but also like uh, this is the Shanahan tree who uh, Brandon Ayuk is uh, not playing to start the year. And uh, Trey Sermon, they traded up. Dante Dante Pettis was uh, the second coming of, you know, I was drafting Dante Pettis in the eighth round on draft. Like it was a, you know, I I was, I was uh, on drugs as many times I was taking Dante Pettis and the dude just, just got gone. Oh my God. My dog is growling like a that's motherfucker. That's a dog? Over. I thought yeah, it was yeah, a what dog. What was that? <laughs> that sounds like a Star Wars effect. You know, <laughs> Luke, I am your father. <laughs> yeah, woke. All right, so here's what happened. He was sleeping. He woke up, and there's all these fucking lights and darkness. <laughs> and he just, dude. His, brother, his brother is over like in front of this one of these lights over here. So he it looks freaky as shit. Like there's like light. He looks almost like a predator or something where there's lights coming from. him. I think it really, I just, think it, it freaked him out. He's just pissed. Elijah Moore doesn't correlate with anyone on our roster. Yeah. <laughs> he is, yeah. We're going to have to end up taking like Kenneth Walker. Now we have to take a Seahawk. Yeah. We have to yeah. take a fucking we'll, we'll Seahawk. We'll take Walker or Penny. It's not the other Waddle this plays. This is Noah Fant. It's Noah Fant. This is a, this is a Noah ooh, Fant team. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Waddle plays the Patriots. Uh, yes, they and do. DJ man. Moore plays the Bucks. So we probably mm-hmm. should have taken DJ Moore in hindsight, just <laughs> purely off of that. Ben, you, you guys I, are taking I, this correlation thing way too far. All I'm, right? I'm like weeks behind you guys <laughs> thinking through these things. Like literal weeks when everything's moving like every hour. <laughs> I was going to just say real quick, someone, I, I do think, you know, Hertz wouldn't have been, you know, a bad pick by any means. No. But like one thing, looking at all the wide receivers we were taking, we have all late quarterback stack options. Whereas if we go Hertz, Devonta Smith went right in front of us. We're basically forced into like triple tapping Hertz, Goddard, and Miles Sanders just to get any real exposure yeah. to the Eagles yeah. there. So to me, it's kind of a, an easy pass. Yep. The Saints aren't, they're also not fun because you're kind of then forced into Olave. Or Jarvis uh, or Landry. Landry. Yeah, yeah, which is all right. Going. Who do you like here? Gross spot. Is it? We Russ? could do Renfro. Get that correlation. Could do Kenneth I'm Walker. Str- I would say Kenneth Walker. Get some upside. See, I kind of like that. Say someone take, make a. I think I would take I would CH. I think I would take CH. Uh, so I just can't do this. To uh, I think Ben. I think Kenneth Walker might still be hanging around. Okay. Um. Pat got bullied into CEH last time. I couldn't. I, know. I couldn't do it to him again. I know. I listened. <laughs> I, I would Thanks, have. Buddy. I would have too. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to do, be the Leone to this An uncorrelated CEH the week after a correlated CEH. Yeah, but Denver. Right? We have. We've had this <laughs> fucking discussion that Denver is available later. We can get our KJ Hamler. Well, why did we just Albert take Albert O? Albert O. Whatever. I, right. I don't oh, mind. Do we want to do Walker, Walker now? Let's do Walker now. Walker's yeah. fine. Yeah. I really I mean, don't like Walker. Sky Moore is, is the, the... the top guy in the queue, and we're passing him. What is <laughs> yeah, happening? Right. Shit, shit. We are down Leave bad right now. <sighs> no, see, I mean, you know, that's fine. For all time, we, don't so. have, we don't have any Chiefs in this. I'm, I'm all right. I'll pass on Sky Moore from time to time. Are you uh, Seriously, though, are you guys taking much of Walker? I really am not taking Walker, unless it's like this kind of scenario. Uh, you I, know, I, I've only I, taken I, him a couple times. 
I've got like a couple things that'll sway me uh, and kind of get me to change my opinion a little bit. One of them is when Sean Siegel starts comparing guys to Jamal Charles. That generally gets me to take them a little bit more. So yeah, I've started taking Walker a little bit. <laughs> I'm not hammering him. I love Sean. Him, I, I love I, Sean, I but I feel like he's on I drugs. <laughs> well, so Dude, Jamal Charles, is, future... you know, is the guy that won him the title I know. that, that yeah. year, and is like honestly his favorite running back of all time. So that's uh, that's that's a big comparison. If you're, what do you guys uh, think about the Seahawks? Do you think um, – are you are – you, like there's a lot of sentiment, right, around them <laughs> of, of how bad they're going to be. Are you just like ignoring that and maybe they get Baker or something like that to make it better? Or how are you kind of approaching them? Because like I like the Jets. I like Elijah. I like Garrett Wilson. I like all these guys, Brees, whatever. But like <laughs> I really still – even with our correlation talk for a half hour, I struggle to click some of these uh, Seahawks. Well, I it's funny you say that because one thing that's unfolding here in real time is Spag setting up a massive backdoor bid equity Drew Locke stack because <laughs> he, he loves the Seattle. He gets Metcalf Lockett, and I know he's just sitting at home knowing I can't <laughs> wait to see the uproar when I draft Drew Locke in the 18th. He's, uh, he's, Drew Locke's not going to start. Gino is the starter. Oh, yeah, or someone oh, else. Oh, my God. Is he taking a bunch of – Seattle double stacks with Drew Locke. Yes, he's that's got gonna, his percentages are down because he's done a million drafts, but it was he was coming in hot early. <laughs> that's gonna suck. I'm sorry, Spags. That's gonna suck. Bad. Spags, you know you know exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Smoked you right out into the chat. How are you even chatting when you're multi tabling nine drafts? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> how are you like literally? How do you have the time? All right, so I got a trivia while we're uh, while we're waiting for our pick. We maybe should we have taken Trey Lance in the eighth? Maybe that was a probably mistake. probably. Um, all right, do you guys know who Dante Pettis plays for now? he was on the Giants last year. No, he was on, he's the, on Giants the Giants last year. That's right. <clears throat> the the Bears. That's right. He plays for the. Oh Bears. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I just saw this that. on a depth chart the other day. I had to think about it for a minute. It's one of those depth charts that has a bunch of random fucking players on it. <laughs> all the shitty washout wide receivers are on the Bears and Valus Jones. And Valus yeah. Jones is older than all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I literally think he might be older than Pettis. <laughs> Dude, the Bears wide receiver room is just a list of like. Third round rookie picks that got cut after one year. Yeah. Two years. <laughs> yeah. Equinemia St. Brown. Like there's so yep. many dudes. All the guys we talked ourselves into, all the times that uh, these guys Pat talked me into in the third round of all my dynasty rookie drafts. <laughs> yeah, and now yeah. they're all on the fucking Bears. <laughs> David Moore, Byron Pringle. I mean, good yeah. lord. Visca oh. next year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we are just we're we're not we're killing the brand right now. <laughs> yeah, so we definitely have an interesting build here with the onesie positions for sure. I yeah. would love to squeak out at least a two build from one of them. I, I kind of regret not taking Lance. Sorry, you guys on that. Quarterback's yeah. fine. I think we'll be fine at quarterback. Who needs Hunter Renfro when you got Devonta Adams, aka forty percent target share? We do have a million options at quarterback still. Quarterback's fine. Tight end. Tight end might be a little sketchy. Goddard, this Goddard fall, man. Yeah. Let's see what this guy does. Yeah. Goddard would have been an absolute smash, I think. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, I'm I'm still open. I'm still open to Knox here. What do you guys think? Oh, there he goes. Uh, Mute point. I, I think I think we just take Carr. Yeah, I do too. We got the double already. This guy has two behind us. Oh, yeah. he, this guy's a wild card, and he has Waller. We probably shouldn't mess around. He has we one wide receiver. Wait, he has one wide receiver and Kelsey and Waller. A five-one-two build. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Oh uh, my god! It's gonna be a good night of sauce. It's gonna be a good fucking night of sausage. The guy who got Sky Moore started uh, three running backs in a QB, and then went Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. So probably oh, not no. gonna have a receiver. And then got well, Sky Moore. It's, it's Sky like, Moore. All right. I mean, he fell that far after ADP. That guy took him. <laughs> like, yeah, this he is gonna take, he's gonna take a good five years ago, but he took Sky Moore. He's gonna if, take Deshaun Watson and really just get all the guys that. Oh my goodness! This year. Stevenson goes ahead of Damian Harris. We uh. have. Holy we have shit. the Waddle correlation here. Harris at one eleven, guys. Let's just take yeah, Harris. I take. I'm fine with Damien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to announce every single player on our team currently has a Week 17 correlation right now. So this is how it's it. done. Did you hear that, Josh Norris? <laughs> I really wish. <laughs> I really oh, wish you could just like fast forward it to the like. Week fourteen, this team like finishing eighth place. In the league. Like just every single player. Oh. You think it? You think it's that good? Oh, wait till week seventeen good. when it's dead. <laughs> eighth place. You, know we you think do, it's that Eric? good? Eric, do you know what we should do? Is we what is the spike week? Eric, what are the spike week tools should be? For even for your eliminated teams, you can see how many points you would have put up in week 17. <laughs> okay. No, 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 so no, this no is, don't make that. This is no, <laughs> all right, this is no shit. So I'm we're like super, super close to finishing this like exposures tool and stuff. We're building out like a sweat, like a, a, a way, a tool to like sweat your teams. So like that would be literally be possible. Is like I so would we're love gonna that. we Ooh. so like we have projections. <laughs> we are sick, dude. So we have projections. Why would you ever want to? We have projections and we have results, right? So like I we we buy that data. So like for every single team that you have, I have a projection for every single one of those players, and then I obviously have the past results. So like you could see line by line each team and scroll down to your twelfth place teams. Like right, I drafted the zero RB team. It's supposed to get better as the year goes on. I drafted all these rookies on that team, and like it's just destroying souls in like week twelve. But it's so (laughs) far behind. Yeah, it's so far behind that it, you know what, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's our version of Skolansky bucks. Like one of us week 17 correlation bros needs to be able to say, but if we would have gotten there, we would have won <laughs> 2 million. Like we need that so bad. Do you like go like through your, your GPP lineups after the day and go back and look at like old, like three B threes that you had and be like, Oh, if I just played That's this That's literally one. <laughs> what everyone does. They say, if everyone I would have had this other two V two, I would have won it all. I usually just close my laptop after after the second chalk touchdown. I had this entered and then I switched it. It's gut wrenching. I think Famous J brings up some good points here. Let's see. You still need to get there. This this is the these are this is the chalk, you know, argument against it. You still need to get there. Thinking this correlation drafting is going overboard. The thing that I've never heard anyone articulate is what are you going to do strategically to get there differently than what I'm doing? If I'm not hemorrhaging ADP value, are, then you're just saying you're going to pick players better than me. Like I guess just tell Correct. me what the strategy is to get there that I'm not doing because I also would like to know that strategy. I think well, of it like thing. when 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 people I, talk I about advance like rate, 
last year when we would talk about like I would say I'm playing to try to win first place and other people would say oh I'm just trying to get as many bullets into the final and like that sounds fine but no one could ever say okay what specifically are you doing different than me right to get more bullets there and like no like it would usually be just like three quarterbacks and I'm like okay like that's fine I guess three quarterbacks or three tight ends is like your difference whatever because like i'm taking adp value like we didn't reach on anybody we are not drafting a bad structure we're not doing anything on this team worse than any team that is quote-unquote trying to advance this team is perfectly set up to advance we just happen to also be on top of that building in little correlations that help us in week 17 so it's getting the best of both worlds and I still do think I do agree. Like the the more like robust onesie stuff, three QBs, three tight ends will help your advance rate out of weeks one through fourteen. But it still immediately kills you for the way the 15, 16, 17. You still have to win these mini uncorrelated well, tournaments where you're allocating resources at a onesie position where what you're getting above replacement isn't really worth it. But I think you can maybe go more elite at those onesie positions, and that would help you get through week fifteen and sixteen. Right. right. But you're mm-hmm. then once you get to week 17, you would potentially, you know, have a, a harder time of having that really high score that you would need to take down week 17. So I do think maybe that's a way that if you really want to get more bullets in. But then you but that comes directly at the cost of the more important week. What do you guys think of uh, Gesicki here? Yeah. I get our first yeah, I like tight end. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's in the chat already. <laughs> I'm just trying to. Played a little close to the best scratch. Pete, I went and looked at the schedule while you guys were talking and figured out where we might want to go next. So I just want credit. You're on it. He needs the ticker. He needs the ticker in order to understand who who, uh, Miami plays. So there's an uh, obvious pick here then, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Tua. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to, if he wants if to, he's going to triple tap. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> this is nice. I wrote that in the chat, and I'm so glad that it was actually like a viable thing, and I'm not just a complete idiot. I wrote Kasiki plus Tua. Well, I those are say... not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how funny is it that we were talking about? Like, you don't have to take this too far. You can backdoor your correlations. We literally have the most textbook correlated team. The quarterback. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucked because the the one the one viewer wanted us to give an example, and this is like kind of being it? handed to us <laughs> like this is not a good example of how to do it because like, it was this this literally happened to me uh, uh two weeks ago or something um so i do a thursday show that's like just strategy based i just dive into some specific strategy thing and i think i uh, on that particular thursday i talked about week 17 and then on the front on fridays we do drafts um similar to like pete's uh this or pete's like monday morning streams and <laughs> And I literally said before, I'm like, I'm going to draft a zero RB team. I was like, this is a zero RB draft. If you want to join and you want to make me look like an idiot, go ahead. I drafted maybe the best zero RB team I've drafted in like two years on this stream. And it had to exactly like this. Every pick was like, oh, I took Javante. Hmm. Here's MVS around after around after ADP, right? This quarterback, Trey Lance, falls to me when I have Debo Samuel, like around after. Everything just fell in together perfectly. Um, so it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful when this when this happens. And it's also awesome because you get to dunk on the people 
in the comments that are like, oh, week 17 is stupid. And you're like, I'm getting week 17 and my team's still better than you. <laughs> still better There's than so you. many good stories yeah, we've not been tell with this yeah. team. Damian Harris, J.K. Dobbins, and Kenneth Walker are all going to score first half touchdowns and force their correlated receivers to catch a bunch of passes. <laughs> I'm, I'm so pumped for this roster. Where, I mean, this is kind of the perfect spot because we were going to, I was going to even say it was going to be a weird convo if Harris and Stevenson were both yeah. on the board because I'm guessing we're all Stevenson heads here. I'm kind of glad that they just made that decision for us there. Yeah, we, we what do you guys think like about three that? First half touchdowns from Harris for him to get there. Yeah. <laughs> didn't that happen last year? Didn't it, that happen? It probably last has year? Didn't have three. And then two uh, him and Ramondre to Gasicki and Waddle. It's beautiful. Yeah, they both scored a million points in uh, week 17 last year, I think. I've taken some Damien just because, like, he can, he might be the goal line back and half PPR. That could be what you need. So I've taken a little bit, but man, yeah, I, I obviously like Ramondre better. Uh, no one's shocked to learn. <laughs> but Damien, Damien falling so much. Um, yeah. How are you handling? Are are you are you kind of like starting to balance and that, balance it out a little bit after that? I, I'm not really. I would say balancing it out because Ramondre is still like. Every time I see Damien, I'm like I can wait like another full round to go get Ramondre. Like it's not like one of those things where it's like if I don't take Damien, I definitely won't get Ramondre either. In in that case, I might be like oh, I'll take Damien here, but. Um, yeah, so it, I, it's still like I'm still going to end up being underweight, or I still am right now underweight, Damian Harris. I know this is an underdog um, channel, but I've actually been drafting a lot on DraftKings um, lately. And the if you want to draft Ramondre, go to He's go cheap. to draft da- and- Damian. Go- Damian still goes in like the seventh, eighth round. Ramondre goes in like the eleventh, twelfth round. Better fit for the scoring as well. Yeah, way better. Yep. I mean, this is going to line up pretty well again, too, if we want to take Henry here. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I've never seen this much roster on ship chasing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> really? You haven't been watching I, it. Yeah. yeah. You, what was your first stream? Well, I, I, like <laughs> I, I feel like I get triggered when I just like listen to the podcast about the roster bation. <laughs> Anything else I'm missing here over Henry? Nope. He's a great pick. Yeah, he's a great pick. And just perfect, perfectly fits. Um, now we're kind of back on track structurally. Too. Is there a single pick we've taken more than, I, I think it looks like one and change ahead of ADP? Oh, Debo was two and change ahead of ADP. Oh, Elijah Moore was four spots ahead of ADP. I mean, like, everything is, like, right at ADP. He was also not correlated pick. at that time. At that we time, did not, yeah. We just picked a player at that point yeah. with Debo as well. Yeah. Who do you guys like here? Now we're kind of open. Are we on? The I box mean, Al- Algier and Pickens both are look interesting to me. I mean, I, I was it, I was gonna say um, Tyrion Davis Price is actually my favorite. I think of all of all these guys. I, I like Gainwell here, so we're on different. Yeah, I like Gain. I, I like Gainwell. I, I'll too. go. I'll go Tyrion Davis Price for the for the correlation. Sure, that's a good call. Yeah, I mean, I doubt any. Yeah, none of those guys are making it back to us. Um, well, right after I said that, now we're having our biggest correlation reach five spots ahead of ADP. Wow, Ooh. ruined it. This has gone too far. <sighs> I don't know what we're thinking. Um, one thing on the correlation, um, I've tried doing like a little bit is just like doing more like one sided stuff. 
What do you guys think about that? Like where you just kind of do like more like onslaughty type stuffs, right? As opposed to like, I got one here, I'll get one from the other, I'll get one here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, just like, just building like more like one side of it. And then uh, like, I think I did that with San Francisco or I, I don't have a, a Raider, but I, but I make sure to get like Tyrion Davis Price, Trey Lance, Danny Gray and Debo. I like it. Um, Connor brings up. The, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say Connor uh, brings up the RB1 and tight ones. Not a historically strong stack, but he obviously doesn't know anything about the New England Patriots. So that's a team in the <laughs> NFL and uh, the running backs and the tight ends are all that matters on that team. I do think there's a conversation though. Like it again, week 17, all that matters, yada, yada, but we are still making macro correlation bets on these offenses to get us there. So yes, while that might have a slightly negative correlation in a single week, if the Patriots take a big step up, we're going to want like Henry and Harris are probably going to be responsible for a lot of their touchdowns that they score. Yeah. Plus like we got, where did we get Harris? Uh, because we got we got Henry in the 13th. We got Harris a couple rounds before that. Like, I don't feel like we need to be right about every single one of these. Like, if we have the Dolphins going up, which we made a big stack on the Dolphins. So we need the Dolphins to have a good week 17. And then we have a couple options of bring backs like that. And those are the touchdown guys. Like, we happen to have the, the right guy who scores the touchdowns that week on the Patriots. I don't give a shit. It, right? If, like, Damon Harris doesn't do anything that week, we, we might be totally fine. Even I mean, even as crazy as it sounds, even Debo doesn't do anything that week. But Tyrion Davis Price goes for right three three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That sounds crazy, but last year, like Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews were the three biggest smashes in all of fantasy. Like uh, probably not particularly close. And I guess Debo was in that bucket too. None of them went nuts in the final week. They were nowhere near the top of of raw scores. It was everybody else, right? I'm on Ross St. Brown destroyed cooper cup and raw points in in the championship and so that's why you make these these little bets um like to pete's point is just like i have no idea how it's going to play out but i want to correlate my bets and make them all kind of fit together well and yep. and you do get a benefit of them being a team level if trey lance is awesome i know we don't have him that's good for debo and that's good for davis price and so you want to also correlate well, those little things. We're rooting for Jimmy in this team. We want, we well, want yeah, Jimmy to come in. And, uh, <laughs> all the Trey Lance teams are dead. Everyone yeah. wants Jimmy. He's that he's the starter in San Francisco. We don't we don't we don't speak of the backup. Jimmy's completion percentage over expected is pretty oh, good. God. It's pretty good. You know. Well, and I, I showed that team in my video that finished top 10 in BBM three last year that had literally eleven combined players from uh two teams total oh, the yeah. Packers and oh, the yeah. Bengals and you could go down the road these guys are negatively correlated these are they made a macro bet on two teams that wildly exceeded expectations and they made it to 10th in a very top heavy tournament and again I'm not saying to replicate that for this year but that macro bets on teams is is a very viable strategy I think we're just all scaling it back a little bit we're not doing four or five but right. I've been doing all kinds of teammate pairs on yeah on my teams I think cost is important, um, mainly yeah. when it pertains to quarterback and running back. I think pe the the biggest mistake people make is like, I took uh, James Conner, now I'm going to take Kyler Murray, and and like the ceiling events for James Conner and Kyler Murray are quite quite uh, opposing, you know, at their cost. But like if you take I don't know Daryl Williams or Eno Benjamin or Keontae Ingram, it's a different, it's a very different discussion. What about 
I feel like Fuller not correlated because it's not a team. I take sense. Fuller on like every team, so I, I obviously I take Fuller on basically every team. <laughs> yeah, what else? Fuller's, I love no. the thing about the stands being it's like, yeah, but I also take Will Fuller on every team. Yeah, but you want him <laughs> on this team when this team gets through. <laughs> I swear Isn't to God, it? if Fuller doesn't land with Las Vegas or Miami, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> It's definitely going back to Miami. Yeah, he's going back to Miami. Yeah, all the money they paid for all those wide receivers. Um, But it is funny. Him and Wandale are like my two go-to late-round wide receivers, and they're both they're both right here. I can't help myself. I mean, either that's the other one that I wanted to. I like. We need receivers. We're we're like OBJ. As much as we played correlation, we maybe haven't played structure well enough. I love Gretch so much. We need we need better. Receivers. We need more wide receivers. How many do we have? Seven. I mean, I I agree. There goes I'm one. All, oh, right. Robinson goes. So uh, at this point, I usually take uh, OBJ or Julio. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what about DPJ? All right, Leone. Yeah. Can we? Jesus, can we? we, take, can we Julio might land with the Ravens, and that's some. That's can we take a guy younger than forty? <laughs> DPJ. Save that for the Leone draft. Can we take DPJ or yeah, or even Mechie? No, yeah, one of those. DPJ sucks, but yeah, we could take him. <laughs> Julio can't walk. Julio is probably Julio in a walker. Walk? Right I would now. honestly what have taken either of Pat's old walk? dudes over DPJ. I'm in Pat's. You guys got he was, issues. He's like 1.72 per hour last year. He was okay. Scored a touchdown. Well, when you only run like 30 routes for the whole year, of course yeah, they look yeah, good. You got to factor in he's going to get hurt in week two and come back yeah. in week 15 and have the perfect. Week 17 is all that matters. And Julio's yes. going to play. I, right. That's why we drop the old guys did. now. The new fucking meta. Hey, guys, the you freshest the guys in the guys. league when they come back from their injuries. <laughs> Let me win the room back over. We drafted DPJ because the Browns play the Ravens in week 15. All right. That's our, our third. Love it's it. the week that matters the third go. most. <laughs> Do you know the 15 and 16 uh, matchups, Pete? Because I don't not even, by heart, I don't but even... my spreadsheet that I look like uh, that I look at has them all the 15. So 16, I keep 17. my I keep, you know, we have a schedule up on Spike Week. I, I keep it up still, even though I know all the week 17 games. Just just like in a moment of panic, if something if something were to happen or whatever, I would like to have it up. I don't know that I, I don't really think about the 15 and 16 um games really very much. I know that you think about it a little bit more than I do. It's 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 more honestly like in that instance i'm just joking but i do like looking at which kind of overall schedules i really like so like tampa bay arizona and the two la teams like their week 15 through 17 there's not they're all either warm weather or dome games like it's it's just perfect so i do look at some of that stuff but yeah i'm not specifically going out of my way for 15 or 16 the casey the uh the chief schedule is 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 pretty good for the whole playoffs. Um, so yeah, not like Houston, we need any more reason. Denver. Houston, Seattle, and Denver is pretty sexy. It's hard Derek, to imagine yeah. those are like n- no one on their their team is projecting poorly in any in any of those games. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. So you you're taking a stand against Derrick Henry. Does his week 15 and 16 schedule scare the crap out of you? We talk, did we talk about this? Yeah. Um, when you I think, I think, yeah. uh, I told you, I'm, I'm taking him some of the, the crap out of you. It what definitely doesn't scare the crap out of me, but I mean, he's got, it's a he's little... got the chargers and the Texans. I mean, they could, so, he could just run all over those guys. 
the Texans is pretty terrifying. I'm I'm a little bit bullish on the Chargers. I think the Chargers defense is um, probably going to take a fairly significant step forward. Does that mean that Derrick Henry can't have a big game? Of, I mean, of course he can. But um, you also talked about like, dude, Derrick Henry, even before the injury, like he was smashing, but I don't know. He wasn't quite the same Derrick Henry. Yeah. And then when he came back, then when he, he came back and he was flat out bad, does that mean he, he he's going to be bad next year? Of course not. But I don't know. I, I have more concerns about Derrick Henry being Derrick Henry, regardless of matchup than I do about like, you know, the Texans in, in, in week 16. Cause I'm certain, I mean, he could go for 204. And then he gets the, the Cowboys Texans. and that might be. The, the Chargers, I'm thinking, you know, they they were kind of daring teams to run on them last year, so that might not go so great. And they also had Burkhead. They spent up. a lot on the defense. They they spent a lot yeah. on. They knew it was a it was a hole they needed to fill. So, I was scrolling back up to the chats, and somebody uh, Matt <laughs> said, "Let's get weird in the puppy." Is the name of our our video? Great as comment. They draft optimally at every pick. <laughs> <laughs> see i i'm savoring it because normally we would have been forced to get super weird in a ship chasing room and instead we got a regular room and got to execute exactly what we what we wanted to do um all right so i mean what we're probably the earnest i mean julio yeah. jones is a it's a no-brainer pick here guys do whatever you want we're a little bit no, weak gonna at, run, we're we a little need... bit weak at running back i think this is Deer a six Deernest... rb build Dearness makes sense on this team. I would take six running backs on this team, I think. Yeah. Gotta get At least five. Ernest DPJ stat. How much how many do we have now? Couldn't even see we, that. we have five. And it's well, I'll, wait until, I'll wait until we're on the clock because <laughs> random correlations between two shitty ass players on the same team. Wow. Gretch is DPJ sucks. Dearness does not suck. That's right. Dearness is good. Dearness is good. I agree. We got our Miami bet. Sony Michelle was on the offense. Sony? Yeah, I'm fine yeah. with Sony. Little uh little magic, Eric. Repeat the Sony Michelle magic. Oh yes. This is the winner. If anyone wants to buy equity in this team, it's guaranteed to be a winner. The last time I was on the stream, but I'm team, not took... fucking selling, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell I, I do I, I do have, I guess, a blind spot with Sony Michelle. Um I, I think I've heard your case before, Pat, but but spell it out again. It's a pretty simple case. I don't think Chase Edmonds is their goal linebacker. And so if you just take stabs at Raheem Mostert and Sonny Michelle and a bunch of drafts, like you probably have Miami's goal linebacker. And there's, they're, they're also so cheap that I will take them together on teams that are like, you know, zero running back teams that are hurting a little bit more than I'd wow. like. A handcucker or, in our midst. Well, it's kind of like, I think when it gets that cheap, yeah. like if, if you were to take, you know, you're taking two stabs, not just at finding like a guy who has a role, but finding a guy who has the goal line role. I, I'm way more willing to do it on my, in Miami where I kind of like, like that with the too cheap thing too, because there's a correlation there where if Edmonds has a serious injury, those guys could be like alternating yeah. lead backs at various times throughout the year. Like, they're, they are similar plays of their upside, their contingent value, like could be tied and correlated with the job. Right. We have a system where the, you know, the, he's coming from the Shanahan tree where the traditionally rotated backs. We've had backs each week 
it's a it's a system that has produced spike weeks, but also from a variety of backs over the course of the season. It, it's also, I think, just specifically with Edmonds, like he's so easy for me to bet against as a goal line back. Oh like, there's almost God. not a back. I did it. He oh, did, did it. He? Yes. <laughs> yes. Babe. All right. Let's uh, let's roll the uh, roll the splash play clip that I made or the Drew Lock clip I made. Bags made a splash play highlight clip for Drew Locke, and I had to edit it. <laughs> Wait, is that uh, real? You made that whole clip and you edited it just. He made forward? the whole clip, and then I, uh, you know, I, I reduced it from about a minute twenty down to an eleven second clip. That's amazing. All right, if I make a Dulcich clip, you can't do that though. We're playing. No, you, Pat. I'm still. That assignment is still on your desk to make a. It's still on my desk. I mean. You know, you'll be you'll be happy to hear I'm waiting until FFPC season to make the Dulcich clip. <laughs> I do want the 1.5 PPR scoring for my rookie tight end for your selection. bet. Okay. Yeah, but uh, it will not be a bit once that clip is made. All right, Eric, I want you to give us the rundown. Pull up uh, our team here again. Obviously, we talked through it as we went, uh, but uh, give your breakdown of what we did here. See, this is like what so many of my teams look like. Um, all the week 17 correlation, but to what we talked about at the very beginning, I'm not picking and choosing the games as we start out the draft that I'm targeting for week 17, right? I mean, I like the 49ers and Raiders game just fine, but we let it all flow to us. And a lot of people hate the Dolphins and Patriots game. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you were to pick a game that you wanted to target, nobody is really targeting that, but we like, we, we, we like the Dolphins and I don't know. I kind of don't hate the Patriots. We didn't necessarily get the exact players we wanted on, on the Patriots, right. With Ramondre versus Damian, whatever, but everything fits structurally. Like this is how I think you should draft is like, whether you like Deontay Johnson or Damian Harris or, or Dearness Johnson or Tua or Hunter Henry, every pick, fit well together you didn't sacrifice adp value and it fit structurally well together and the correlation all fell together that that is everything we talked about for like the first half hour is like putting all the right things together mainly that we talked about last year right structure all that kind of stuff and then mixing in the uh the correlation elements like this is how i want to draft every team basically what's cool about a lot of the players you just said that maybe we don't like is that that was about half of our team, but about half of our team were sort of player takes. Like we were like, you know, we want to take Adams. We want to take Debo. And then you make the decision. Deontay, Elijah Moore. Right. Et cetera. Even, um, I mean, Waddle and, and DJ Moore, it was going to be one or the other, but we, it was very much a, a, we're going wide receiver here. We want one of these two players. And then, you know, then you figure it out from there, but you get your exposure to the guys that you like. And then, you're still correlating. And, and I mean, you have to be willing to not try to make every of your 18 picks be like correct. Like we were talking about, but that doesn't mean none of your picks are like player stance yep. or anything. Yeah. And I think one of the things for me that I sometimes struggle with is like, I do have player stance and I want to make my player stance, but like, I also have like player preferences. Like I prefer Brees Hall over JK Dobbins, but I don't feel that strongly about it. Yeah, but like keeping 
track of that player preference is sometimes difficult. Like how, okay. Like if I think it's like 55, 45, am I drafting like that? Like, do I need to go check? Am I like wildly overexposed to Brees Hall compared to Dobbins? But like using the, the correlation with Dobbins, like Pete, you were like immediately like, look, we got the Dobbins correlation that like I, stuff like that. Like, I think it's just like helpful. Like, like even if, even if it doesn't come to pass, it is like that mini correlation hitting like just I, I do think it's like helpful in in guiding your your overall portfolio and we had there were there were multiple times during that draft too where i was like ah oh, this is kind of a gross a gross spot i feel like you could have made the case for three to four different players two to three different positions a couple different times so it's like if you have your player preferences and your player takes there's still going to be plenty of logical ways to plant that flag during a draft without you know really sacrificing something bad sometimes it lines up perfectly and you're like yeah let's just do this but i think there's tons of times still where you know i i find myself doing that a lot of times with the the zero rb guys too like we all have our guys that we we end up liking there oh this might be dumb but trying to like propel the discussion forward a little bit or, or think through the next things about it. I mean, it was sort of, sort of similar to my dumb comment at the beginning where we had Adams Debo, should we intentionally not correlate them? Right. Like that's, that's a little bit aggressive, but everyone else who's doing that might correlate them. But the one thing that, that caught my eye and that I go back to when I was looking at our roster was the Renfro pick where I don't think in DFS in a given week, I would play an Adams, a car Adams Renfro stack necessarily. Cause Renfro to me is not that guy that I necessarily want to throw in as a double stack target. He's the guy that on a week where Adams target shares down or Waller's target share down, he's, he's kind of sucking up that, the volume, but he's not going to be like a big play guy that good secondary, you know, target and we still played a pretty big price on him is there an element now when and rather than just like okay this player correlates let's throw him in where you start to actually think about how he correlates do i want to pass on him the the counter to this eric already kind of gave earlier when you were talking about how at one point you were talking about how it could be different weeks like renfro could be the guy that helps us in week 16 and absolutely so it's a little different than dfs right and i mean the Bengals were the perfect example last year with kind of Chase and Higgins ping-ponging these just massive weeks. And that almost goes back to the macro correlation thing, right? We're we're just making a bet that the Dolphins and Raiders massively, you know, exceed expectations this year. Yeah. Especially because we don't have an elite quarterback. We don't have any rushing at the quarterback position. So I actually am really glad we have Renfro with a car to a team. Because like we're gonna need Miami and Oakland to be like or Oakland, Las Vegas to be like huge uh overperformers all season long. I'm actually really glad you brought this up because this is my biggest pain point probably still like uh, it's maybe overconfidence, but I, I have quite a bit of confidence in kind of my approach to all these different things. Week 17, right? Structure, whatever, all that shit that is, is kind of um, almost silly at this point. But this is the one where like I bring my DFS brain exactly like what you said, Ben, where it's like, dude, if I'm making a DFS team, I'm not playing Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen with Kirk Cousins because, like, Adam Thielen can't outperform every other 7K wide receiver if Justin Jefferson is outperforming Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill, right, and Devontae Adams and whatever. And, like, 
obviously they're very different games, but my brain comes from that space. So like, that's how I think about things. It's like, I took Devonte Adams in the first round. I need him to be a smash. So if he's a smash and I take Darren Waller in the fourth round, how can Darren Waller, like how can Devonte Adams be the best first round pick? If I'm thinking like this pure total nut, op- nut optimal outcome. Right. And so there's a balancing act in that there are outcomes like last year where T Higgins but goes this- for 40 in the, in week 16 and, and is awesome. He was awesome all year, but then also goes for 40 in week 16 and Jamar chase is awesome all year and goes for 50 in the fan, in the fantasy playoffs. But the bat that, it's it's easy to get tied to that because we saw it happen in like a very hyper specific scenario. I, I always love to joke about the Devontae Adams thing, right? Like, oh, this third year wide receiver really sucks ass. But remember, Devontae Adams was awesome, even though he sucked ass for two years uh, uh, as a third year wide receiver. I, I'm trying not to get too hyper focused on that, but I also don't know that I have the right answer. I tend to lean more to the I'm not trying to overspend on any one offense. I tend to lean there. I don't want to so, have I don't want to have zero like Chase Higgins in my portfolio. I don't want to I definitely don't want to have zero Adams, Renfro, whatever, but I'm very cognizant of how much I'm spending on an individual offense, particularly given the best ball tournaments we have met right now, right? It's not last year where there's less than 200 people in the finals. There's 500 people in the finals. On DraftKings there's a fucking 1000 people in the, in the in in the final. It's huge. So like I'm being more cognizant of it this year maybe than I even was in the past. So that was a really good uh monologue so I want to let you finish but that wasn't my point at all. I would take Adams <laughs> and uh Darren Waller on the same team because of the types of players there. What I was saying was I'm not going to let you <laughs> Have have a play. Did you mute yourself while you were talking? He muted himself. Wow. <laughs> yes. I think he was calling like, me an idiot while off. he muted himself. Yeah. I like that. I was saying um, – I, like I'm fine with Adams Waller because of the types of players they are, but what I was saying was have like a, essentially a correlation-type player take on a guy like a Hunter, Hunter Renfro specifically. Like, like it's a player take, right? Like it's a I know better type I got thing you. with your correlation. Is that another great, step that is worth taking? I, I, I think it's an interesting. So I think I would align it with like player archetype, uh, right. putting players into archetypes. Yeah. Right? I and would I take Adams I, and Waller on a counter to this point because I think they can both have multiple touchdown games in the same game or, it, you know, whatever. I'm not yeah. sure, like Renfro's ceiling to me overlaps more negative you know is more negative negatively correlated with yeah. Devonte because right. of how to get there right how they right. get to their ceiling is very different and their yeah. position position is also a really important factor in this right a tight end ceiling like what you need from Devonte yeah. adams and hunter renfro as a wide receiver slash flex is very very different than what right. you need from a tight end score so like right? the if jefferson Thielen scores- example you gave like i wasn't thinking about that way i would play Je- jefferson Thielen to me would be the same example as adams waller here but Renfro to positionally me it's different, different but yeah. positionally it's different right Thielen Waller yeah. is a tight end who like if I get 17 to 20 points out of my tight end like Thielen's you're probably kind you of might a tight still... end as well isn't he though? well yeah except you have to fucking play him at wide receiver spoiler there is a wide receiver you get to play at tight end you can draft him in the third round he plays for the Atlanta Falcons he, but like the Adam Thielen thing is like I have to pay up not in best ball it's different it's a it's a bad example for drafts because he's not that expensive. It, it's much more of like the Chase Higgins. It's like, 
I'm spending two of my top three round picks on this offense. And so I need a, I need them to both be a that good or like a truly insane scenario of them ping ponging, um, which right. is, which is, which is pretty tough. It seems lower likelihood. I'm trying to think of others like examples, but maybe Amon Ra is one where like, if I'm on Swift, I'd rather be Swift Hawkinson than Amon Ra. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. And, I would even go so far as to say that if I'm on a Mike Williams Herbert stack, you obviously can't make this decision after the fact, but I don't know if I want Keenan at his price. I think I would want to build LA cheaper with my extra pieces. Everett. I, I, I disagree with that only because they're going to be so uncommonly paired that if you did get a chance to draft both of them, because their ADPs are right next to each other. Yeah. Different yeah, okay. thing, but they're, but you're just not going to see many of those teams. Okay. I think fair. of it as like a, a sliding scale similar to DFS if you're using a bunch of your salary on a premium double stack where it's like the more expensive the stack is, the more you need that team to score and outperform expectations. And the cheaper it is, the more wiggle room you have. Like you can yeah. look at the Alexander Madison Pollard, you know, win rates and stuff from last year. It's like they give you that one or two big games at that cost. If you drafted them in the second round, their win rates would have been awful at that. <laughs> but at their cost, all it takes is those two. So it's like the fur the less capital you invest in it, the more True. you can get away with not getting the insane ceiling games consistent. But is there anything to this archetype point or is it trying to be too precise? That's sort of the I like thing this. I'm trying to drill no, down. I, like this. I think it might be too precise. But I also think Liam's got the point of like, because I feel the same way. Of like, I just don't want to draft on a run. For, I don't like yeah. his archetype, period. I don't like it for half PPR. So it's more like, it, I love Devontae Adams' archetype. He scores a bunch of touchdowns and gets a bunch of targets. His archetype He's is good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So here's my thing about the archetype. I agree structurally, not just like on the micro team level. It's the same. It's Eric's favorite line. What does James White do for this team? So we, he's like the James White of a strong wide receiver team, right? Where it's like, yeah. we're loaded up here. That's why I kind of was like at the, at one point too, like Pickens looked attractive to me too, mm -hmm. because it's like, could he just, could Pickens be a third or fourth round pick next year? I think so. Like probably. Yeah. Whereas like, can Renfro? Probably not, you know? So just thinking of that too, of like what type of yep. profiler are we grabbing here that could realistically see our starting lineup? That said, I have a feeling Renfro will will definitely crack our, our lineup a few times throughout the year. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, I feel way better that we have car and need car. Like even if even if we had Lance car, uh, I would feel less good about it. Because then it's like car is almost just like our bet is gonna be more primarily on the, the better quarterback. But we we like need the Raiders to to be yeah. really good. This yeah, year. yeah. And the other thing too, and again with all of this stuff, like there's contingent value. You know, if Waller were to get hurt, uh, you know, stuff like that, where all of a sudden Renfro is now all of a sudden back into a bigger target share than than we expected. Like you do have those outs, and that's why too. Like I don't want to pigeonhole myself out of any combinations just because of stylistic or archetypal fits, right? Because you still always have that contingent value too. That's the hardest part. The contingent, the contingent thing is very difficult because it's easy to say, and like we all understand it as we're talking through it. But, um, well, you're terrible at archetypes, Liam. Uh, Cooper Cup's a, <laughs> a pretty fucking good arch archetype uh, for for upside. The guy. Yeah, I don't know if you know about guys who score four hundred fantasy points, but they're pretty good. I don't know. Uh, maybe you should. Uh, learn archetype and stop playing chess but um th that 
that it, it is it is it is really difficult the, the archetype thing is really difficult and the like all this these conversations are the ones i think are the most important like even like the stuff we talked about with week 17 it's it's important but it was more so a, a little bit of trolling this is like the hard part like you tell I, everything that ben said about like does hunter renpro fit on this team makes perfect sense to me but then like when we yeah. like uh take another view through it and you're like ah oh, we just bet on the raiders right there's contingent value there's all these reasons that makes sense too what's the right answer i have no idea yeah it's hard because um, renfro could have a big week 16 and be the reason we get adams and car stack through and there might not be a lot of adams car stacks through because they didn't have renfro and then we end up winning with that what we're trying to say is what if renfro's the guy you need <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, but part of me does lean towards renfro being a good pick because at least for like any team that i'm a part of because I am never taking Renfro. Like anytime it's like Ren, like Renfro's always cover for whoever else I'm hoping falls. So like if there's a spot where I'm like Renfro actually does make sense here, I do feel like <laughs> he probably makes sense because all my biases are telling me not to pick him under That's normal conditions. I do have more Renfro than I probably care to admit because I'm I'm massively overexposed to the 49ers and Trey Lance. So he's like the Oh shit! Uh, I don't have any Raiders. Yeah. You know, uh, like it, uh, I if mean, I don't and, take and, him here. I have to take Josh Jacobs. It's like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's the pick. Or it, it gets way up. worse if you don't take him. It's like your options are Kenyon Drake, Zamir <laughs> yeah, White, uh, Demarcus up. Robinson. Like it gets real bad I, if you don't take Hunter Renfro. I think Kylan Cole's got that job. Yeah. Uh, oh Jesus well, Christ! Like I said, it gets real fucking bad <laughs> if you don't take. <laughs> I'm not drafting Keelan Cole, but I'm also not drafting Mark Stone. Me oh, either. The the point you made about like needing um more based on how much the cost is for that stack, like the higher you pay, the more that you need. That does have me like because we just saw it with the with the Bengals. Like that does make me feel like you know what I'm I'm fine getting some of this Chase Higgins double stack. I also saw uh Drico and and Liam and I think Eric you were talking about not being super in on that stack like the fact that you guys like aren't that in on that stack also makes me feel like well maybe I'll get one of these guys yeah. and I'll, you know I'm facing a Hayden's Hayden's not in on it Hayden's not in on it a lot of people are not this, in on it this is where yeah. we're to our small field DFS tournaments where we all out level each other by Sunday yes. where it's like oh I heard him getting steved on this GPP show and now I can't yeah, that, this does feel like to me where I'm like I think I am drafting that double stack because like all these sharp people aren't and we know it has the ceiling. So, but I guess my, like, is there pushback? Like is the ceiling that we saw last year and the way it was ordered, like, is that just like so random and unlikely to repeat again that we should probably just like go back a step and go, hang on. We're asking a ton from these guys for the cost. It's a great question. Liam says he doesn't care about cost for stacks. I I don't agree, but I but I don't have a like I said, I'm coming from this DFS lens. I can I, I don't can pull have... up a tweet that breaks it down pretty clearly here that Jack Miller just posted as far as how important the the oh, nice. getting positive value on stacks is here. But that's value, right? I mean that But that be means like... reaching on stacks is means you're you're in this poor bucket here. There's reaching or reaching or like the fact that like let's say you got chase a pick past ADP oh, and Higgins fell in the third 
Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Right. I see what you're saying. That just you're paying a lot for the stacks, but you're still getting it at appropriate ADP value. Jacks. Yeah. Go back to Jack's tweet. That was interesting because yeah. he was defined neutral as within 16 picks of ADP. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big window. I don't know. That's he a big window. Probably has samples, but that neutral bucket is still okay. And that's a whole round and a third yeah. of. So you, I mean, if you reach a round, that's saying you're still not like sacrificing a ton. Ah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I think it's more just like it's a good reminder to not go wild chasing these correlations, just knowing once you open yourself up to not caring about specific games and you know you can do any of the secondary correlations, there's avenues throughout the entire draft where you never have to force it. Like, I don't think I've ever done one where I'm just like, fuck, like I I have nothing. I don't know what to do. I have no options or whatever. And even if that's the case, like sometimes I'm needing to get a Minnesota guy and I miss Osborne and there's just no one left. That's fine. Yeah. But you're fucking Neo of, of correlation. (laughs) You're like reading the fucking matrix. Like every time we're doing a draft together, you're like, Oh yeah, it's this guy. Obviously I'm like, what the fuck? That would have taken me way longer than this 30 second clock. I would have figured that out halfway through the next round. Uh, was it that's my that favorite i take that for granted the, the the um the song with the week 17 matchups oh lou uh, lou yeah lou did that so i have to pull that up this was great uh lou put together a little uh mnemonic device so if you if you don't have the cheat sheets with you we didn't start carolina tampa bay cardinals getting chick-fil-a san francisco las vegas saints got a march to philly i messed that up dolphins pats will it snow <laughs> mini at Lambo. somehow spags made it in here texans jags wind spags pump my tangled bills bags jets hawks ravens pit giants colts are they it lions tigers bears oh my when you win will you cry we didn't stack week 17 no we didn't stack it we failed to bring it back uh, so good by Lou there. Oh that man, is, I like there the LA. Go. There's an LA one. It's like, what's the? That's so good. Dallas. Yeah. Oh, I wrote this one. We, we were Lewis great story on this one. Dallas, Dallas at, at Tennessee. L A R L A C. Chiefs play Broncos. Who will win? Browns go play in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That is so amazing. Good. Um, so Eric, yeah, tell, tell the people you guys got a full set of programming going on over on spike week, but everyone wants to know when tools, when tools. Yeah. Can I share my screen real quick? I can, yeah. uh, so I can, t- uh, tease a little something. So this is the, the first version of this tool that we're building. We're, we're still polishing up a couple of things, uh, a few little, functionality things i just have my under so this is literally my underdog teams i've drafted 53 teams you see 865 dollars um and i'll go to this first just because it only has dummy data in it so far but we have a couple different tabs that you can see here with um like kind of my drafts and exposures and so i'm really excited actually about this exposures tab like i said it's just dummy data you see just a bunch of derrick henry stuff very excited about derrick henry apparently clearly i'm (laughs) drafting a shitload of derrick henry uh, this was trolling. This was this was trolling by the designer and uh, the developer is putting Derrick Henry into my uh, into my mockup. <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, but but you see, like you'll be able to see everything about your entire portfolio. Like obviously, this is just the players. 
but all your stacks, like the, the exposure you have to every single stack, the exposure you have to every single structure. Uh, I, I always say that I don't have the right. Would you call this a roster build? This is what we just did. Roster build like two, five, nine, two, and then structure being zero RB hero RB, whatever. Um, but you'll be able to see, you see, they, they, they joked around with calcium RB and, uh, and different stupid names, but like, then also seeing how your playoff correlations look, how many of the each, each game in week 17 you have, and you'll be able to actually like pull up and look and see, I click on, right. If this were Kansas city, uh, Denver, I click on this and I would be able to see the teams that I have like specifically that are, are, um, Kansas city, Denver teams. And then just from within the, the actual drafts, like you can upload your, you'll be able to upload your own rankings here and then see like everything about my top down portfolio. Like you can see, right. I have 6% Jonathan Taylor. It's, it's a, it's a, there's a rounding. I this is obviously. I want to know Pete's O face, but I am um, unfortunately. This I is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so I want, but I wanted to show it just because you can see like, it's there's almost like a draft, buddy. a draft buddy. <laughs> kind of thing you, obviously you can see your exposure but like there's Sorry. a bunch of cool shit right like I, I i here you can see like look some of this is is actually not very good you can see my average adp of javante williams versus his current adp i'm i have not been taking uh, him always at adp right but uh justin jefferson i'm getting good value on justin jefferson saquon barkley i'm getting good value on saquon barkley on on and on down the list i can see that for every single player in my ranking set trey lance there's trey lance Marcus right Brown, you're taking too high which you told us I, on the stream <laughs> yeah and and it right but that so yeah. it, tell, it tells the story you can see all of that you can see the playoff the playoff schedule is here for you if you want to keep this up instead of the playoff schedule right i can see who jonathan taylor plays in week 15 16 17 i see adp changes um and then this is honestly kind of my favorite i just tweeted out about this i can see on each site so I'll be, you'll be able to filter by underdog DraftKings, and we're adding drafters as well. Like all of my, so you see here, my, obviously a Jonathan Taylor team is not going to be a zero RB team, right? Yeah. But 100% of my Jonathan Taylor teams start with two running backs. So like I have mm. 6% Jonathan Taylor and they all start with two, the, the first two rounds are running backs. And so like, that's I don't know that. Yeah, that's really yeah, like, great. Yeah. I didn't, I literally didn't know that until two days ago <laughs> until I got that. Like, it, like, and now you quickly see how exposed you are to like Barkley, Aaron Jones, and those two, three turn running backs, Javante succeeding. Whereas yep. you could have a Jonathan Taylor smash year, but say that grouping fails, like, man, that's su such powerful information. Yeah. And so you see, it's also really funny that I'm not that worried as much about the running backs. I mean, I don't want to have a hundred percent two running back starts with, with JT, but it was funny to me. You look at Cooper cup versus Justin Jefferson versus Jamar chase. Like almost all my Jamar chase teams are zero running back. Mm. That's not the case with the other two early round wide receivers. And it's like, well, why would Jamar chase be the only one that's getting all the zero RB teams? And why is Cooper cup getting all these two running back starts? Right. Do I, I want love that? this? Probably because not. I like in a draft in my perfect world, I would be able to kind of like randomize some of the structures for that. So to quickly go check here on a Jamar chase and know, Oh, maybe I'll get an anchor, you know, running back build here in the second or the third every now and again to kind of balance 
the the textures of my Jamar Chase builds. That that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, you'll you'll also be able to see those specific combinations. So on this, it's the only other thing I'll say. On this exposures, you see the search here. This doesn't work yet, but you would be able to type in. It says you see it says team or up to four players together. I could type in Jamar Chase, T Higgins, so cool. whatever, and then it will filter all this data down here to say oh okay God. what are what are my stacks with that combination of players or Sick. what are my structures with that combination of players so this is like super 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 close um i keep kind of teasing it mostly just because i'm like selfishly excited about it um but it's coming like i don't know not even a week hopefully it'll be out that's uh that's gonna be that, s- that, that, that everybody this is so fucking awesome uh Consiglia are asking the tough questions. Uh, how much is this tool going to cost? I'll tease it only only for the ship, ch- just because I love the ship chasing. Promo code people. ship chasing? The promo code, promo code ship, case, ship chasing. Uh, we're going to be launching a full-fledged premium product, which will include this tool and other tools. I actually don't, don't know if I can uh, pull up some of the ADP stuff. I just want to see if it, it's working right now under my... We have a bunch of like ADP. We're, we're building a bunch of shit, okay? Yeah. So like... Uh, You'll be able to see specific. Let me see if this works really fast, just to to pull it up for 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 shits and gigs. So you see here, by round, you'll be able to see like ADP tools. Let's look at who's available in the sixth round right now on Underdog, and you can see like like I mean Antonio Gibson used to be going thirtieth overall, and you see now he's in the sixth round, right? And so there's and like <coughs> I can x the dudes out. Okay, I don't want to look at Gibson. I don't want to look at Mooney. <laughs> that's great that's great but so we have adp tools the rankings are going to go behind the paywall there's a bunch of shit we're we're just doing a lot of stuff like more than me have been putting in a lot of hard work so like i'm really proud of it i'm really proud of the guys um putting in all this and it's literally it's going to be 25 dollars a month i know i was bearing the lead like everything that you're going to get like forever for spike week is going to be 25 dollars a month so um yeah very 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 soon uh, thank you for letting me uh, share it because I was uh, uh, excited about the progress. Now, now you get to get the Gretsch treatment where we tell him that his uh, newsletter is too cheap. We get to tell <laughs> you that the uh, the tools are too cheap. We do. The the Matt comment about you know wonder if he should file divorce uh, or wait for uh, for his wife to push it once the once the tool goes live. Uh, I do think like you know the barbell strategy that we're all big fans of. Like this kind of gives you something to do instead of just like firing off too many best ball drafts in, you know, the first week of training camp. Right. It's like, you can use this time to actually analyze like what you need. Like, okay, you're prepping for your final push of drafts. Like I I think I'll like plan out some, I need to get some more Jamar chase here running back starts or whatever it is. Right. And you've got like, you, you know, you're, you're like prepped. You've got a game plan. Yeah. And I do think too, like that is really the next frontier of the stuff we're going to be talking about is like portfolio balance and stuff like that, because, you know, you, you would never, sure. Would some people run 150, you know, uh, the same stack in game (laughs) stack and DFS? Yes. Some people, some people would do that, but as far as like pure entertainment purposes and stuff, like you do want to be relying on the structure and some of these edges you have and building through those in different ways. And to have a tool like this that can actually quantify it and not like, I just do it off a of feel like I think yeah. I normally don't yep. take this guy here Me too. But well, and, I mean, I I've never had to manage this many uh, basketball teams. Cause I, I can't do underdog as we all know, 
Um, but I would imagine, like, I hear you guys talk about how it's kind of tough to draft as much as you have to to get enough of these teams in. But the way that I feel like this tool would add a ton of value for me is that I'd go look at this and then want to get it more. Like I'd have ideas yeah. for what to do in my next <laughs> drafts. Like yeah. you're constantly then being pushed, yeah. you know, to help you hit your your number of entries that you want to get to. You have now a mission for your next couple of weeks of what you need to do to smooth out some some stuff. So and also and, and smoothing out and getting the ideas because like I do get like you know I I'm nervous to put this in and see how much full fuller I have. Well, you can see that without that tool. No, but I, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but there's a reason I haven't checked. <laughs> yeah, so to that, but to that point, it was like I can see how much zero running back I have, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah. I thought I was, I thought I was drafting this much, and like to right. Pete's point, you're like doing it in your head. But like it never looks like you like I mean shit we just talked about like I'm I'm literally drafting a, like what I thought was a shitload of zero running back teams or hero running back teams and then the data comes back and I'm like fuck that's not what I thought that this was going to look like like I thought it was going to be like tons of zero running back with I Jefferson thought I'd be at ninety percent zero RB yeah. but I'm at eighty <laughs> percent I and need to get did that you out. see all the here like did you see all the not even just hero like hero running back I'm like kind of okay with there's like like tons so like our like dual running back is two in the first three rounds or I think four if somebody asked about the definitions I can get I can get those to you we're still working on the definitions I want to make sure the data makes sense right it's trying to it we're massaging all of that but like I thought it would come back with like a bunch of zero and hero RB and it did not come back that way. And so I was like, uh, that, you know, but my strategy is zero and hero RB. And if I'm not implementing my strategy, how I think I am, I need to know that. And there's no other way for me to know that right now. Do you know yeah. what you should do, Eric? We should have, you know how like ESPN and I even know Rotovis does it. They have their like ranking summit. You should host a, a best ball summit where you get some best ball thought leaders and we hash out what we're all just going to call these. And just so we can all agree upon it for data terms, for clear use, like it would be really nice to get everyone on the same page. Oh my God. I posted about this specifically for this. And that people... sounds like the worst fucking summit to be at. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I'll be there. I'm not going to yeah. be there. So, I'm not saying a fucking word at that summit because I posted one tweet asking about it and it was oh the most miserable experience God. of my life. That Here's horrible. what I'll say for, for the definitions of yours, Pete, in your video. I went because I was asking Michael Dubner about the EV calculations. And yeah. so I then so I had then had the calc, but I just knew what the builds were. And so I went uh, to make sure I had the calculation right. I did all of the like zero running back, zero running back builds. And I by intuition got to your build like very quickly. So I feel like your definitions were, were pretty on point for the, for those structures. Yours were very, very similar. We had like very minor differences, like super minor differences. Yeah. Tears. I mean, the, the truth is at the end of the day, people, they like arguing about the name because they don't want to engage with the ideas themselves and what's happening. It's much easier to argue about a name as we know with your to the to the chase thing like there is that feeling of because i i did i experienced this a little bit last year i don't think there's really anything worse than being like you know like let's say this is a zero running back year just like the zero running back year was it like 2015 what was the running back apocalypse like there's another running back apocalypse like you need to have zero running back teams this year and it's like zero running back crushes 
and I love Jamar Chase. I'm going to have an incredible year. And then to realize you don't. Oh, I drafted a bunch of hero running back teams with Jamar Chase or hyper fragile teams. I mean, that's like, like, why would you, you would never do that. You would never go into the season intentionally doing that. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, Well, very excited for that. You guys can obviously uh, should be following Eric on Twitter, checking out spike week, all kinds of stuff over there between, uh, live streams, the tools, um, articles on the site, lots of uh, fun overlap with the Deposit Kingdom guys. I know our our guy Silas is over there doing stuff. We got Rob, uh, Jonathan's doing written stuff. So uh, awesome best ball community over there. Definitely check it out. And uh, this will not be the the last Spike Week ship chasing crossover stream we do this year. We'll definitely um, get things running back probably in about a month again, right in the middle of best ball summer. I say we run <laughs> this back. Uh, Gretch, Pat, anything else uh, on your guys' radar here? Nope. Nope. All right. I'm doing a randomizer draft with Davis tomorrow. He's threatening to pull a Silva on me. Come help me shame him uh, to tweet out dumb shit and have fun. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you guys next Wednesday.